If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI. Love you. XOXO, episode 108, the 10th birthday party for the PlayStation Vita. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Forbes 30 Under 30, a.k.a. the future class of gaming, a.k.a. the OK Beast blessing, Adioye Junior. It means life, Greg. It does mean life. Let me tell you, you look great, blessing. This is a fantastic outfit. Thank you. Dude, you look great. I love, I love the black and the red and the tie is fresh. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's a Space Invaders tie. No big deal, of course. You could have oh, played that on Vita. No big deal. Yeah, I'm going to Oh, my, oh God. my God. You know oh, what I mean? Come stylish. on. I think it was an IM 8-bit insert or pack-in or maybe a loot crate when those were still around. I forget. I don't think I've ever worn it, but it came out of the closet today. Why not? And rounding out the tree, of course, she's the roller skating, game playing, marathon training, Janet Garcia, also looking fresh to death. Hello, Janet. Yo, what's good? Excited to be here. I got... You know, my libations at the ready. Get out there. Get out there. Oh. It's, it's a big I day. Crack your champagne. Oh, man. I got the Janet and I doing the champagne blessing. He's, got, he's going straight to the whiskey. <laughs> it's a special occasion. It is. It is. Now, is it bourbon or is it whiskey? What are you drinking over there? Uh, it's Jack Daniels whiskey. Oh, geez, Louise. Okay, cool. Yeah. Here. I'm using my little PlayStation flute. Now you know that I can't pour champagne properly because it's very fizzy. <laughs> Exactly. Well, cheers, ladies and gentlemen. Cheers to you at home. I'm sure you're all fancy dressed. Cheers to you in your car. You're not dr- you're not drinking, of course, because you're driving a car. Uh, cheers to 10 years of the PlayStation Vita, everybody. Cheers. Oh, what a show we have for you, ladies and gentlemen. Let's start with this very special episode by going to you, the listener, the reader. Of course, I'd go into the housekeeping, the rigmarole, and all that. But instead, I'll start on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames where you can write in to be part of the show, just like Zombie High X23 did. Zombie High writes in with Ode to the PlayStation Vita. I'm going to hold up my Vita, sorry. Maybe I'll hold up two Vitas, you know what I mean? you got to be ready for anything over here. How many Vitas do you own, Greg? You don't want to know. Blessing, it's an embarrassing number. Teen. (laughs) Thousand. (laughs) (laughs) Ode to the PlayStation Vita by Zombie High X23. Were you a great handheld? No. But were you the best handheld? Also, no. But you were our handheld. You were an indie machine, a visual novel device. You were there to introduce a whole generation, new generation of gamers to JRPGs with Persona 4 Golden. You gave us an easy platinum with My Name is Mayo, only for us to go onto our PS4s and get a second platinum for it as well. You brought us Danganronpa and the craze fandom with it. You gave us Steins Gate Zero and made sure none of us would ever be okay mentally again. I got you tattooed on my arm under Monokuma. Not because I love you, but because it adds to the aesthetic and is a great conversation starter. 
You entertained us for hours. Not on you, mind you. That required people to have bought you. Something Colin was wrong about when comparing you to the 3DS, thinking that you would surpass it in sales. But you entertained us with discussions of you. The many tweets of Kaz Harai CEO. The predictions of how many times Sony would utter your name at E3. The conception of Vita Island. And let's not forget corrupting Barrett's save from his Vita that he got from a shady pushing P Greg Miller on the corner. You had an OLED screen in vibrant pink and blue colors. You also had memory cards that could only be used on you and required a mortgage to be taken out to buy them. Your name means life, and congratulations, you will live forever as a trivial pursuit question. Happy 10th birthday, PlayStation Vita. Happy 10th birthday, everybody. There you go. Get it back up there again. You know what I mean? Also, man, this Chiefs champagne stings. Like, it's a good burn. (laughs) <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to go somewhere different with it, but it, you know, it's a good I'm burn. Like, oh man, I should have mine. spent just more the- than $6 on this yesterday. I definitely had my whiskey get on the <laughs> wrong pipe just now, by the way. It happens, <laughs> man. You got a feeling. whole show to drink it, so you got plenty of time. Don't not worry about it. Not a good feeling. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be celebrating the PlayStation Vita throughout this episode of PSI Love You XO because this is your PlayStation podcast. Remember, each and every week, we come to you to talk about and nerd about all things PlayStation on PSI Love You XOXO. You, of course, can be part of the show on patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show early you can usually watch us record it live shout out to everybody on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games celebrating the birthday party today you need to be dressed i told you it was fancy dress so of course please tweet me photos of your fancy dress you and your vita of you listening or watching this episode on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games but like i said i digress usually you can watch us record the show live uh patreon.com slash kind of funny games on that there, Patreon, each and every Monday. Uh, then, of course, you could write in to be part of it. You could get the post show. You could get the show ad free. You can get all those benefits for us, for Gamescast, for Xcast. You name it, you got it. All on Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. However, if you have no bucks to toss our way, it's no big deal. You can get each and every episode of PSI Love You XOXO on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, RoosterTeeth.com, and anywhere on podcast services around the globe of course if you go to any of those other ones for free on tuesday you're not watching live you're not getting to write in you're not getting or you are getting the ads and you're not getting the post show but you still have a good time uh we have some housekeeping of course before we get to the real celebration the birthday cake and stuff uh we'll start with this next week on ps i love you xoxo we are doing the horizon forbidden west spoiler cast you need to get your questions in over on patreon.com slash kind of funny games your thoughts your theories where you want the series to go from here whatever you want to do that you've been afraid to talk about on the internet uh it is your time next week jen and i will be there probably with a mystery guest blessings got tired little legs and can't come i'm sorry very tired. <laughs> very short. Why are his little legs so tired? I don't know. It's just he's been running through this review season. You know what I mean? You look at the like games casts. The 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 well, cast keeps rotating. Except blessing. You know. I the review season weather is running weather, you know, Barrett. You go out there, the sun's shining, it's all warm, and it's like, cool, I'm gonna take a run, and all of a sudden my legs are tired. I have run to many of the games cast reviews. Like I have the seafood review queued up for like I guess my next run. No spoilers, I haven't listened to it yet. Okay. Uh, ladies and gentlemen no spoilers you should be like our patreon producers gordon mcguire james davis aka at james davis makes prankski tyler ross delaney twinning first responder nd julian the gluten-free gamer james hastings and casey andrew uh, after this live episode of ps i love you xoxo on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games snowbike mike and i are jumping back into destiny to try out this witch queen content so stick around there or catch it later on youtube.com slash kind of funny plays uh we are, of course are brought to you by purple mattress and doordash if you want a free way to 
to support Kind of Funny. Of course, on the Epic Game Store, you can use our creator code, Kind of Funny, all one word. If you're saying, hey, this is a PlayStation, I'm not using none of this Xbox or PC stuff over there. Wherever you're playing any game like Fortnite, Rocket League, uh, Fall Guys, you can use your Epic creator code there too. So plop, pop in Kind of Funny, no matter where you play. For now, though, ladies and gentlemen, let's start the show with topic of the show. It's hard to believe. Ten years ago today, ladies and gentlemen, uh, February 22nd, 2012, the PlayStation Vita stormed North American and European shores. And you can see, you, look at, you can catch the reflection of my, uh, that, that screen's so nice. You can clean, you can catch the reflection of the camera itself in it. Uh, this, of course, is not even the original OG Vita. That's uh, 2000, 1000. There it is. When it's oh, look at over these here. rotating Vitas. You love to see it. Look at that. Look at that screen. Is that the, the OLED? That is the OLED. Yeah, you can't say, there we go. There I think go. mine's the OLED yeah. too. Oh, there you go. I should just turn it so it's not trying to focus on itself, the camera. Uh, of course, this is a, a, a late coming, if you remember. Uh, February 22nd in uh, these here United States. Uh, it originally released in Japan December 17th, 2011. Uh, I have been covering the Vita, obviously, my entire career because I'm very old and I've been covering PlayStation this entire way. I want to get into Blessing. Uh, you, Janet, you, your memories of this, my memories of the launch, uh, best games. Obviously, so many people wrote in with their memories on patreon.com slash games. This is a celebratory day, but we would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge the elephant in the room. And that is, of course, that sometimes there's a bad apple in the bunch. You know, a PlayStation Vita, it goes rogue. It does something we don't want to see it do. And, of course, the one and only Boss Baby, CEO Jr., Barrett Courtney on the ones and twos tried to play Persona 4 Golden this very year, or was it last year? I'm, I'm Time's a flat circle now because of the baby. Uh, yeah, I think that was like last September was when it started. You tried to play v, You tried to play Persona 4. You started it. You were having a great time. How many hours in did you get? 75. Oh, 75 so hours in, and bummer. your Vita corrupted. Your, it corrupted your save data, and you lost everything. Uh, yeah, I lost 25 hours. You are understandably save. angry. Bear Courtney, we understand yeah, this, yeah. and I would I wouldn't be doing my job as a Vita journalist if I didn't, you know, fairly and accurately represent the pros and cons of the Vita. So I'm prepared, Barrett, to offer you 60 seconds for a Bear Courtney patented Bear Courtney soapbox, so you can get up and, and say your piece. Are you prepared? Yes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we will get back to celebrating the PlayStation Vita, but again, when your child does something bad, as I've learned, you have to, you know, rub their face in it. So, Barrett, feel free to take the Vita to task in three. I don't know. If- that's what you do with exactly. your child. You know what? I'm a parent. You aren't. So I don't know. Do, so. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's not like I think you do with your pet, with your dog. I don't, I don't, think, I don't know if you're I mean, to well, I've, I've, I've kept Portillo alive for 16 just, years. You're worried about I can't. You're, you're telling me the lessons oh, good, I learned with Portillo. Point. I can't apply to Benjamin. Get out of here. All right. Get out of here, Bless. I apologize. Barry Courtney, your soapbox starts in three, two, one, go. The PlayStation Vita. I tried so hard to finally play Persona 4 Golden because Greg loved it so much, loved it more than Persona 5, uh, and I wanted to finally give it the chance it deserved uh, because, you know, people like Greg, Blessing, Andrew Goldfarb love this game so much. I played you for 75 hours, and then the Vita came and took 25 hours of those, uh, that you know, that save away, and I just say, how fucking dare you? How dare you? Because I finally fell in love with this game. I finally gave it the chance it deserved. And you said, right to my face, fuck you, Barrett Courtney. And for the people who say all the time, Barrett, what about the cloud saves? For whatever reason, whatever fucking reason, you did not have cloud saves. Uh, The cloud save function was uh, not working on this particular Vita for whatever goddamn reason. Vita, you betrayed me. 
I will never forgive you. Long live the Steam Deck. Wow. Uh, you know, the Vita crawled, so... I feel like that might not age well. That, like, the last part is quite... <laughs> <laughs> the Vita crawled so the Switch could walk so the Steam Deck could run. Okay, let's calm down, everybody. I, I'm looking forward to the Steam Deck. Let's not act like the Steam Deck is the second coming of Jesus Christ. I'm a little... I'm curious what's going to happen with the Steam Deck. Like, we got to be cautiously still, optimistic about the Steam Deck. There's definitely still an energy around handhelds, though, and I think that's, like, pertinent to what we're talking about here with, like, what the Vita was and whatever kind of represented in the, you know, history of Sony. You think so? I, I think the energy around handhelds has kind of, like... It's evolved over the years where during the era of the Vita, yeah. Hand, so you're hand just rubbing it in my face. Like, you only give me sec 60 seconds, but you want to rub in my face that, you know, you can uh, upload and download. I said saves. I would give you 60 seconds. I didn't say I would not rebuttal. I did not say I would not rebut, all right? What is that? I'm sorry, you have some This Vita is a busted-ass Vita. It doesn't have the upload function. That can't be a result of a Vita. We're not going to talk Y'all are always, that I'm always yelling at you guys. This is the side that he doesn't hear. This is the content that I'm like, look, it's all contextualized, okay? Like, I as am, I was saying, right? There's Isaiah listens to the show. There have been ebbs and flows. There have been ebbs and flows of handheld consoles where, like, you know, during the Vita era, I think that's when we were talking about mobile gaming and the rise of mobile gaming and how mobile gaming was taking away people from handheld gaming because, sure. you know, there there's more versatility there. There's like more people with phones in their pockets that that can play games that way, right? You don't need a handheld console to play games anymore. I think the Switch and maybe the Steam Deck. We'll see. I'm. I think you know the verdict's still on that one. But the Switch, at the very least, I think has really changed our entire like mindset around handhelds. Um, and that might be a Nintendo specific thing, right? Like Nintendo obviously had the 3DS and the DS before that that were fairly successful. But coming off of the Switch and coming off of like the Steam Deck about uh, being about to come out, right? Like, I could see a future. Well, I could see an interesting future, like an alternate timeline where PlayStation puts out another handheld console and it doesn't do as bad as the Vita. I feel like, though, Okay, okay, me, okay, okay. Jordan D writes into patreon.com slash games just like you can each and every week. and says, hey, Greg, bless and Janet. Happy 10th birthday to the PlayStation Vita. I've written this question in before, but every time there was either a special episode going on or major PlayStation news, but I figured... Now I can finally get it on the air. What do you think this future of Sony and handheld gaming is? While the Vita was not supported very long and had a library that didn't appeal to the masses, it was a powerful system, and the PSP also sold great. Parentheses, at least in my eyes, as someone in middle school during the PSP era. <laughs> do you think the quote-unquote failure of the Vita has turned Sony away from the handheld device again? Or do you think that with the Switch and xCloud pr proving there is a mobile market out there that they might take another, make another attempt? Or do you think that they push remote play with the backbone or something like it? Jordan Deeb, long live the PlayStation. Blessing, back to you. Sorry, you were getting, that's right where you were going. I want to make sure Jordan got his time in the sun. Yeah, thank you, Jordan. Yeah, I think, I, I do think the failure of the Vita has turned PlayStation off from wanting to do another handheld. But I think there's a reality where they could do another handheld and it does way better than the Vita because they treat it better than the Vita. I think the Vita fails because it comes out at a weird time. It's a bit ahead of its time and it doesn't get the, the support that it needs from PlayStation in order to actually succeed. I think in a PlayStation post PS4 where we've gotten uh, God of War 2018 and we've gotten Horizon and we've gotten Last of Us and we've gotten all these prestige first party games. I think if PlayStation were to put out a Vita today and gave it the support that the support that we're even seeing, I think, with PSVR 2, where there is a Horizon game announced for PSVR 2, and I expect for more games to be announced for PSVR 2 that are first party and taking advantage of the big IP that are on PlayStation. I think for you sure. take that and give a Vita 2 the same support 
it has a way higher chance to be successful because the Switch has proven that people are still down with handheld gaming. I think the Steam Deck will prove that. I think what xCloud is doing will continue to prove that, right? And it is, it's that thing of the Vita doesn't need to compete with mobile games and the Vita doesn't need to compete with like handhelds in general. The Vita just needs to be an extension of PlayStation proper and I think just be, be, a, be an additional way for people to experience the platform. I'm in the camp of obviously never say never. PlayStation uh, does make weird and wild decisions all, all the time, right? My gut would say no. You won't see PlayStation get back into a dedicated handheld for gaming because of xCloud, Steam Deck, etc., where it's no longer about making a handheld device. The Switch changed everything. The Switch is the one that was like, all right, cool, one unified thing. You want all your stuff where you are, when you go, whether you're playing it on TV or whether you're playing it on the go, which, of course, was, you know, the whole push of the PlayStation Vita originally, right, where it was take your games with you all the time, but it wasn't actually that at the time. They had a whole bunch of different caveats and changes for it that didn't make it that way. And so to bring up xCloud and bring them into the conversation, I think, yeah, that speaks more to what I'm saying of PlayStation – I think PlayStation understands that PlayStation fans would prefer to have their PlayStation 5 with them wherever they are, not have another device with proprietary memory cards. And I'm obviously pitching some stuff on there that maybe they want to do, but not a different device. You want your one thing. And I think PlayStation sees that, uh, whether with PlayStation Now, the rumor of PlayStation Spartacus, and you look at the success of what xCloud has done, you look at what Steam Deck's about to do, and it isn't that Steam Deck is this handheld machine with very specific handheld only games it is a thing of like let's take your pc on the road let's take your your gaming ecosystem with you and i think what's interesting uh bless there is you said you know that the playstation vita uh, launched ahead of its time right like i feel in a lot of different ways and I've, i know i've said this for the, the 10 years as people have listened to me talk about the playstation vita i really feel like it's a device that launched with a sony that didn't know who they were it was it launches between the PS3 and p- between the PS4, and I really feel that if they would have launched it with the marketing of the PlayStation 4, not the games necessarily, even though th- that would be part of it, having the first parties dedicated to it, but the marketing of this is a machine for gamers. Hey, gamers, here's a hardcore gaming device for you. Not, hey, here's 3G. Hey, here's this weird thing called Near. Hey, there's touchscreens on the front and back. Hey, there's all this stuff that we're trying to appeal to a mobile audience, but also trying to appeal to a hardcore gamer audience. Like, if they would have made a handheld that was dedicated straight to a handheld fan or a video game fan i think it would have done better but it was interesting in preparation for this i double back to read the great verge article if you're uh, familiar with it or not familiar with it called the little handheld that could uh, examining the vita's impact a decade later george yang wrote this and filed it in june of 2021 you can get it obviously by a quick google search out there but in it he talks to john kohler who of course is one of the like people who was so big and behind the playstation uh, vita and the push for it and everything else over at playstation and he says this or well, the article says this there's a million quotes from kohler but kohler says that if he could go back in time he would have done everything possible to get the vita to launch earlier it needed to get ahead of the smartphone gaming wave as the vita unfortunately released right in the heat of it additionally the vita needed more time to thrive on its own during the later stage ps3 development and pre-ps4 era quote we made the ps4 such a successful launch that it really eclipsed the sun for virtually all other playstation products he added remember of course you know we're talking about 2012 for the american launch of the vita ps4 is the next year like that's how quick this runs out and we get onto it of hey guess what here's this device that is made for gamers and that's what i'm always talking about where i think the choices of touchscreen 3g all that is a ps3 era thing of doing yeah. something weird whereas when they lose that hubris for playstation 4 it's just about games yeah, and I think you're seeing a lot of that bandwidth too that would that would theoretically go into a new new Vita be taken and translated to PSVR, where you know I don't think I don't think there's so. a Sony that would want to do all of the above, where it's PS5, oh PSVR God. two, and a Vita, right? I think that's that would just be insane. Too much. 
that would be insane. And I, I, I think PlayStation is too focused on trying to make what they have work as opposed to trying to launch a bunch of new things off the ground. And I think a lot of the same strategy is applicable to both in terms of PSVR 1 coming out, it having some great games, right, but it not necessarily being... Uh, a thing to shift the world and it not be needing to be that either you know i don't think they were, they thought it was going to be that in fact i know psvr probably sold better than even what their expectations were for sure. uh, were for it but it's that thing of like it can do better right with psvr too you imagine that they're going to try and make it do better and part of what they're doing with that is kind of what you're getting at with the, the vita where um chris kohler mentioned that like it should have launched earlier i think it or john should have launched Kohler. John Kohler, sorry, uh, should have launched uh, earlier. I think it maybe should have launched later, right? Like maybe the year after the PS4. It's one of those things where no matter where you want it, I think either is a more compelling place for where it was. Yeah. Well, I think again, the problem at okay. the end of the day was is the library, right? Like it's funny because we look at things happening in the Nintendo side and we always, the, the common complaint is the hardware is so weak and that's very intentional. Like they could make more powerful hardware. They just don't. And But they have a library that I think sustains them. And here we see how the inverse doesn't necessarily lead to success because that was kind of the conversation like when the Vita dropped there were so many people that I remember saying oh my god of course this is gonna like this is way better than 3DS this is gonna smoke the 3DS it's so much more powerful it's so much more advanced it can do so many more things and at the end of the day none of that mattered because the library wasn't compelling enough and I think you see that a lot even when you you know putts around the internet I was looking at like best Vita game lists and a lot of those are just like games you can play on the Vita but not like games you need to play on the Vita. And I think that's really telling of like what the Vita ended up being, where maybe there are a few things that are exclusive, but on the whole, like a lot of those things you can play elsewhere. And there's not a lot of, even looking back now, a lot of reason to go out and get one. That being said, I also did go out and get one. Like I had a PSP when that came out, I had never gotten the Vita and I got it like, I think a year or so ago for um, Christmas, because it was one of those, to me, like Christmas should be Something that I would like to have, but I really don't want to buy myself. Sure. That, that's the Vita. I was like, it'd be really cool to have, but I, I don't really want to shout the money for it. So getting it and getting to go back to that library and have like a way to do, I mean, I guess at this point, like you could call that retro gaming. 10 years, I think is enough to to pocket, to couch something as retro. Um, but yeah, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's the library. And I think with the VR stuff, it's interesting because like to me, PSVR is sony's weird art project like the playstation sure. for the culture thing and i think in a lot of ways the vita kind of, well the vita like wasn't supposed to be that but it kind of ended up being that um i don't see them going back and doing another handheld and i have no idea what the future of handheld gaming is i mean i think um i like the point brought up with the steam deck where it's the idea of it's not about like the games exclusive to it it's about the games you can play on it but that being said i do think there are certain games that lend themselves to that handheld feel and i'm curious to see when the steam deck does come out and like we see these other competitors in the market what people end up gravitating towards for what they're playing on it because even with the nintendo switch like there are games that come out now and people will be like oh I, this should be a switch game and when they say that they mean that handheld feeling like there are some games that don't feel as good to play in handheld. And I think that's always going to be the case in handheld, even when you don't have exclusive things for it. So it's kind of a, a unique thing in that way, like the experience of having something on the go, even if you're not really going anywhere, or just like on your yeah. sofa or and in your bed. I think that would have to come down to how they treat it, right? Where like if, if you were to launch a Vita today, I think it would have to be a bit of what Vita 1 was mixed with what a bit of what the Switch is, which is you're playing uh, indie games on this, right? Like you are, this is the go-to, right? For like the, those indie games that you're playing on your console and you're like, man, I wish I had this like in my bed or whatever, right? Or like play it the way I, I play it on my Switch, right? Like what if you had Sifu playing on a Vita? you probably break your Vita because that game <laughs> makes you like really grasp that controller. But, you know, I imagine those types of experiences mixed with 
those pre prestige first party stuff, which again is like a Nintendo yeah. thing, right? Where you're buying a Switch for Breath of the Wild or for Mario Odyssey or for Animal Crossing New Horizons. What if you were buying a Vita 2 for whatever the mo mobile iterations of those Sony IP, IP are, right? What if instead of launching Destruction All-Stars, it was like a, here's a Twisted Metal uh, uh, handheld game that actually feels quality. The Vita had some of that. The Vita had Uncharted uh, Golden, Golden Abyss. Abyss. And like kills on mercenaries. mercenaries and a number of first party exclusive games. Ugh, that's where you I gotta you gotta stop. Like a number they had a few, and that's what yeah. killed it, right? Is a that few the fact is a that number? Yeah, but not the number it needed to be, right? Like that was exactly. I think that's the quality that's, that you, need you to see the Vita's failure, right, and it going into its ten year tailspin is easy to look at, right? Because you look at it and it's like, okay, cool. It launches. It launches with Uncharted: Golden Abyss, right? Uh, you have stuff uh, like Unit Thirteen coming down the pipe. You have all these games that are there, or that we have first parties working on that are making something for it, right? A uh, little Big Planet, you know. And I'm not talking about launch anymore. I'm just talking about in general. But when it doesn't sell gangbusters. PlayStation cools on it, right? And then they also have to get these first parties geared up if they're not already working on PlayStation 4 games and if not PlayStation 4 launch games. And they step away from it, at which part, a point third-party devs step away from it, which is when you really saw the indie renaissance come to it, where it was like, cool, you know, for me, when I think of great games I play on Vita, right, the Rogue Legacy always jumps right out. Oh, and it's yeah. like, that wasn't exclusive to Vita by any stretch of the imagination, but it was an awesome fucking indie game to play on the road, to play on uh, my bus rides, to play on the Vita, uh, wherever you were. And I know you can go to stuff like Spelunky. I know Andrew Goldfarb, who we mentioned earlier right now at Sucker Punch, formerly Podcast Beyond. Like, that was where he was playing it. And you can go down the list right now and start seeing like Hotline Miami. Hotline Miami yeah, was able to go down my, my homepage right on, on Vita. I'm seeing Severed. I see Rogue Legacy, Nidhogg, Fez, Super Meat Boy, Resogun. And like the list goes on of like really cool indie games that were hits you on say console. They were building the list. Oh, yeah. They were building a list of dope ass indie games As that one you know, made Vita and were super fun to play on that console. Also, even though this is a moment of celebration, but then I don't know, sometimes birthdays are also roasts. Can we? Like, so right now I was pulling, you know, for audio listeners, I was pulling out my Vita charger, which is the hardest thing to get. Like, what is this? Can anyone name what this even is? Like this. Your old Vita oh, hole. Oh, you had the Your old Vita one. hole. But what is, what is that? The Vita hole. If I had to get a, a Vita charger, what would I ask for? Oh, you'd have to say, I need the proprietary Vita charger. <laughs> that if once it's lost in this day and age, it's done, right? It's this is back card, to, right? again, like. Uh, and again, no, this isn't meant to be like a pure celebration. Obviously, we're joking around. It is talking about this device that I truly love, but obviously has so many problems of like, yeah, I'm that initial Vita proprietary there. The memory cards. Again, I want to, you know, if so many people, uh, we talk about, you talk about how the memory cards were such a failure here. Just a reminder that they showed the Vita. They gave us the price points for the Vita. We all thought that was great. And then it was like, not, it was what? I think, in, yeah, well, hold on, I have it. Let me click it open. GameSpot article here, right? This is from November 28th, 2011. 2011. <laughs> Laura Parker at GameSpot. Uh, remember, this is the, like less than a month before it was launching in Japan, right? PlayStation Vita memory cards or prices revealed. Like, we didn't know what they were, right? That We didn't know how much a fucking memory card was going to cost. And granted, that's the Japan launch, but it gives you the first insight of what's going to be in America. Uh, now, retailer GameStop has revealed the prices for its four memory cards that they will, be, will be available with the new console. The four gigabyte memory card will cost $29.99. The eight gigabyte will cost $44.99. The 16 gigabyte will cost $69.99. And the 32 gigabyte memory card will cost $119.99. Almost yeah. half the price of the PlayStation Vita itself. The 3D enabled console will retail for $299, while the Wi-Fi only version will retail for $249. So the memory card is so small. 
these tiny um, little memory what, cards. What memory card do y'all have in your Vita right now? Because I do have the 32 gig. Again, I bought it in the modern era, so I'm like, I want to get this and not have to think about it again. And the hunt I went for to get this thing, and you know, you can argue that's any retro specific thing is going to be like a pain to get, but I was like looking up like every place, like mom and pop shops, they didn't have it, like asking around, going to game. I eventually did get it from a GameStop in the mall, and they were like, I like, I kind of pulled up there and like, oh, I called ahead, like, do you have this? And they're like, I kind of barely even know, like, what, like, I don't know if we sell that anymore. They found it luckily, and I like dropped, I think at the time, even the modern era, this was like a year ago, I spent probably at least $60 on my 32 gigabyte memory card, if not maybe a little bit more. I have a 64 so. gig in there, and I, I, I want. And I want to say that when we imported from Japan, IGN only approved like 32, I think. So I think I ended up buying the 64 on my own. Oh, yeah, because 64 is not even listed here. I must have come later. I, I remember buying the 64. Yeah, I have, a, I have a 10 gigabyte one. And that comes with like the story of me getting my Vita. And I think Greg was getting that, getting at that earlier in the show of like what are our Vita stories. And Give me your Vita story blessing here on mine this is, 10th birthday. So mine is uh, I got my Vita later on, right? I didn't get it at launch. It was... In 2016, I had just moved to Seattle, Washington from Illinois, and I was new in the city, and I was kind of like, it was my first time having disposable income because I had graduated college and I had just gotten a new job. Uh, And so I finally had the money to like buy a Vita because I'd heard so much about the Vita, I think from the combination of like seeing videos on the internet and then listening to podcasts beyond and like hearing people talk about the Vita and me wanting to actually like experience something like that because I also didn't have a PSP growing up and I was so jealous of the kids who did have PSPs. (laughs) Uh, And so finally getting to disposable income, I immediately bought a Vita, but I didn't do the research in terms of like what like what that entails, right? You buy a Vita and then it's like, cool, this thing has... I don't know how much memory is actually in this um, internally. It's not much, though, is the answer. And so I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'm going to need to get a memory card. And then I looked it up, and it's like, oh, it's proprietary. Okay, um, let's see how much it is. And it was way expensive. And so I had to get whatever the cheapest one available was at my local GameStop. And so that, for me, was the 10-gigabyte one. Um, and, yeah, like, it, I, I do the thing now, or I was doing the thing when I was playing my Vita more actively of, like, deleting and re-downloading games all the time because I couldn't fit. Like, even the games that I had re- redeemed from PS Plus – Plus uh, Persona 4 Golden, I couldn't fit all that in here. And so I would have to like constantly delete shit and then re-download shit. And there are certain games that I couldn't even download on here because they were higher than the 10 gigs that I had. Uh, real quick, I'm being kept honest. Uh, my Vita itself, of course, I bought my second one here, my uh, 2000. I bought in Japan when I was over there because it was where they did the cool colors. That's also where I bought the 64 gigabyte card because they were not available in the United States, according to the chat. So that would explain mm-hmm. the difference there uh janet when did you get your vita you so you got it for christmas but when like a year ago two years ago maybe what have you played on it oh God, i love people who come to it so late not much but yeah. i had um i'm trying to boot it up when i do i'll tell you what random indie game <laughs> You're i played. still trying to get this thing going i have it plugged in it's been plugged in for like 10 minutes and it's still okay. not turned on so gotcha. that's a that's a separate problem it, it, i think it'll it might... take a bit when uh, when i you know when what? i brought my vita out uh last year it took a couple hours for it to to get juiced up and and up and running i you know again i'll say the correct name once i have the the console actually on again no i okay this is the game uh reverie it's like an action adventure oh, yeah. game yes new zealand based indie studio rain bite um and I actually got that game shot to the developer in the studio because i had tweeted about like hey i got my vita finally you know tell me your recommendations etc cetera, etc cetera. and they dm'd me and were like hey here's the code for our game and i was like sure i have like and it 
you know, it was so nice, too, because I love being able to replicate these kind of moments that I feel like we don't really have anymore, um, especially as adults and then in a more modern era where it's so easy to access games. You know, you think of things like PlayStation Plus, Game Pass, mobile gaming on a phone where, like, everyone has a phone now. Or when we were kids, like, phones were barely, like, coming out. Like, if you click the Internet button, you, like, added a bunch to your bill and you were scared. Like, it was a whole different world. So to be able to come back and have, like, a thing that is new to me was really fun, and that's why I recommend people get in on the Vita if they haven't yet. I also think the Vita has a really passionate community of people that are like, like getting a Vita, it's like joining a little club where everyone's really excited because there's not a lot of people there and they love it and they like want to share in it and I like that energy. Um, so yeah, the developer had DM'd me a code, so I, I played a, a good chunk of that and actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, you know, kind of Zelda-y, like little dungeons and things, um, wonky, like weird stuff going on in that game. And then the other game is, I have one physical game that came with my vita from my family nice. um i don't think there is any universe where anyone in chat or y'all guesses the game i did tweet about this once before i said it publicly so it is out there but i don't you know i don't think i talked about it very much what game do you think i have physical for the vita i think it's the same one i have hot shots golf world invitational no, but I like that guess. I like that guess. I... It's giving... Well, I'll let you guys go first, and I'll give like a light Yeah, I was going to say, let us guess. I don't know. I'm okay. going to say Zero Escape. Okay. I don't even know what my guess would be. I'm going to say Uncharted uh, Fight for Fortune. No, but that'd be funny if someone gave me an <laughs> You're like, not even Golden Abyss. I'll go with the card game. <laughs> One of y'all, the fact that y'all haven't like you know hate po boxed me a copy of, of golden abyss for the vita like y'all it's a missed opportunity i've never uh, I would played totally play golden it. abyss i i <laughs> blessing book club let's do it come on get uh, in do, there do Janet. i need to play golden abyss that doesn't seem like one that we can that all install near and try to get the oh platinum trophy with the black y'all market really Janet, i'm just saying okay. maybe if you don't like uncharted 4 and uncharted lost legacy uh, maybe uncharted this golden is the one that'll do it Janet. this is the one that'll get you you know what? I think, you know, every time I climb, I think of Barrett and his how he thinks that climbing is so good. It's fine. It's fine climbing. It's better than um, uh, Horizon, I'll say that. Oh, my God. I was no climbing the Horizon game. the other day, and Different. I'm like, this feels pretty nice. I don't know. Okay, so here's my hint. Uh, my first hint is very, like, general. Um, it's This is definitely giving, like, even though my I think my brother and, like, uh, Maggie and, like, you know, it was kind of like a joint effort to get me the Vita. Like, it was kind of a communal gift for my family. Like, Isaiah, I think, was involved in it as well. But it was definitely giving... We're it sounds like the, it means a lot to you. <laughs> it's definitely giving. We're at the, like, game store, and there's, like, not many games, but we want to give you at least a game. Mm. It's, like, that kind of game. Is like it it's, Gravity Rush? No, it's, like... It's not a bad game necessarily, but it's it is an IP like it's a it's a. I'm not saying Gravity Rush is bad. Going, it's a currently going IP. Um, oh God, do you want some Call hints on this IP? No. Um, is it this is no. This is a. Uh, there are movies and books of this IP. There was a Witcher game on Vita, right? No. Movies is it a Harry Potter game? It is a Harry Potter game. Oh, yes. Oh, Lego Harry Potter. Yes, it's Lego Harry Potter years wow. five through seven. Those are the two. <laughs> the two Those are the years you want to jump in on. Those are the like, years you want I to jump know. straight into. Like, you know, my brother's just, oh, oh, actually, hold on. I lied. I have two physical Vita games. My brother gave me two games with this. So one is the Harry Potter one. What is the other one? Is it still an hit? ongoing? It's an ongoing franchise. Uh, Blessing, you and I have played this franchise together. Oh, oh, is it, oh it's FIFA. 
It's FIFA. It's FIFA soccer. <laughs> There's no year. A little card. To it. You got the little card. It even has the price on there. It was four ninety nine, which that's another thing too. Steel. I like about you know going back into old libraries. Like, of course, there are things like Persona for Golden and and other like classic hits that like are kind of undisputably good but there's also stuff that like maybe you haven't heard of or maybe you like know the franchise but you like don't know that game like it it can be very cheap to retro game if you're down to kind of like i think approach it the way we i like to approach modern gaming where i i of course play the big hits but i'm also looking for where are like the hidden gems where are the things that are fun that i maybe didn't notice that like the people that love it love it but it doesn't get talked about as much and i, I really Janet, like having that opportunity would you like some recommendations from the audience 100 percent of course, I wrote I wrote on patreon.com slash games where you write in to be part of the show. I wanted that we were doing this, the 10th anniversary. I wanted your memories. I wanted your eulogies. I wanted everything you could do. But I specifically, of course, wanted the best game. Now, first off, Barrett, I sent you a clip. Uh, Janet was moving fast and loose over there. You, you brought up uh, Reverie. You brought up Rainbite. I went through, found this in the power of the internet, if you can show it here. Uh, this Reverie folks, Rainbite, actually are kind of funny best friends and hid a kind of funny reference in there. If you ever Ooh. saw the arcade post, the smileys in the background and then i did at the time look over their trophy list for him because this is back when i was like clearly if i help some people with their trophy list others will get on board and fix trophies and they never did so Are you to be like a to, trophy con- a trophy consultant I, I do it for free i've done it for multiple games i'll do it for your game ladies and gentlemen if you're listening right now remember ask for the platinum and when they say no you can't have a platinum say but we really like one and then they give you the platinum it's very easy to get a platinum from playstation just you got to push back the audience cares and then don't make your trophies effing stupid as i'm looking through this uncharted golden abyss platinum i'll never have how long will it take for this thing to turn on because i'm starting to you see look you can see the you see the playstation logo flashing that means it's gonna be yeah it's gonna it's gonna gonna take a couple hours uh when i plugged mine to charge uh for the computer last year um uh, it's just because you know it's been a while since it's charged so i think like i charged it and then like i took uh lulu out on a walk uh like a long walk as well and when i came back it had just started to finally uh, that's the worst thing because you do have to like i i feel like i need to and obviously you know we've been like crazy busy uh because you know you walk outside you smell the the crisp air and you know it's review season yeah but it does end up being one of those things where it is rough to like get into the stuff that's like more ancillary and casual and, and outdated where it's like I need to be able to play it at any time to really play it. But I, in order to do that, I need to constantly have it plugged in. In the chat, little Caesar says, uh, run little, fi- run 15 miles, then come back to it. So there you go, Janet. Okay. That sound like a Sounds thing. good. Uh, I asked again, yeah, what your favorite game, what the best game? I said, what's the best game on PlayStation Vita? People wrote in. Obviously, most people started their thing with, clearly it's Persona 4 Golden, but, or like, so we all know Persona 4 Golden is great. Barrett, rest in peace. I'm sorry. We all know Persona 4 Golden's great. That's what you should be playing if you're picking up a Vita late. But we have a whole bunch of other recommendations that are outside of the normal Persona 4 Golden stuff. And we'll start with one that's a name that's actually been kicked around a few times. Uh, Mitch Krasen wrote in for Virtue's Last Reward. The single best story I've ever experienced in games with remarkable twists and turns. A timeline slash storyline swapping system uh, that is incredibly vast and easy to understand. Escape rooms prior to their more cultural relevance that were ingeniously crafted. Uh, Obviously, Virtue's Last Reward, uh, a game that had so much uh, niche appeal, so much love on the Vita, as with so many different kind of, I don't want to say weird games, but un- usual games not what you would normally see this is one that obviously being a vita guy i tried to get into and it didn't work for me but i would be remiss not to bring it up because i know how many people did get into it and how many people did love this this is, is this is this part of like the what are they called the non-re games 
like um was it 999 yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah 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 it's like okay, this zero is one that i've been wanting zero escape okay yeah this is these are the ones i've been wanting to play forever and i've just not made the time to like i bought them on sale like a year ago on playstation uh to play on my ps4 at some time and like i they seem really cool they seem like a time sink and so i've been trying to wait for the perfect moment to jump in and so i can't wait to one day do it because i've heard very good things why is it that um i my psp was also dead because i haven't yeah. played that in a while i plugged it in like a few seconds ago it's on now what what's with that well you know there's a lot of different reasons for that just electricity worked different 10 years ago and so the vita processed it a bit differently now we have broadband uh, electricity it's it's, very it's a more powerful machine janet so it takes a little bit uh more time to to open it up whereas the psp great a great uh little handheld but not nearly as uh talk all the shit you want to because remember that that psp battery is going to explode at some point so you got that going for you look out for that i didn't need to hear that i feel like that could have just been kept as an internal thought max scoville when i once i left ign he opened up the top level of my drawer which was filled with psps and so many of the batteries had like popped off their casing because they were doing that thing where they just expand yeah that will happen uh i want to give you another recommendation here all right cameron kennedy writes it and says little big planet ps vita i it was on par with previous entries looked great and that type of game lent itself well to being able to play in short bursts it just wasn't a it wasn't just a port it was a game that used vita's unique features better than anything else had i loved a little big planet vita i thought it was a great one and i actually of course uh infamously uh uh, stumped for it to get a vita game of the year that year over persona 4 golden which of course was the wrong decision but at the time (laughs) i I was making a case that <laughs> this was way more approachable and this is a game that I would recommend to anyone whereas Persona 4 Golden was like well are you ready to read a lot <laughs> do you want to do a turn-based no, RPG I, whereas- I love to not read so this looks great for me like I'm jumping it's did you, na- did you not play Little Big Planet uh, Vita no I didn't I, oh, I played dude. all the other ones except for three I did skip three I'm like I don't know one of them's tall you didn't like that yeah, sock I creature care. I understand yeah, yeah. Like, I, like when they were like oh the big thing is one of them is tall like I just when that happened I just like tuned out for some reason I'm like I don't know I, I did all the other ones with my family and you know I'm infamously going through um Sackboy's Big Adventure which is not yep. a little big planet game technically but yeah, you but know. it's got Sackboy I understand what you're coming exactly from yeah. Uh, yeah little big planet Vita was a great one and I think it was super impressive because personally that's the kind of shit I wanted on Vita which was like an almost indistinguishable yeah get some patapon going there an yeah, indistinguishable like, i i boot up my psp just out of like other you know obviously there are like some similarities and you know the the general ui which honestly too like this is sort of like totally off topic but like the ps vita even in the modern era if it, it honestly feels pretty fresh so like what it does it, it still feels impressive like it doesn't feel like as antiquated i think as one would expect from like what is a retro handheld um yeah it's like it's very impressive but yeah the, P- the psp i booted that up and patapon's like the first thing because i started that um it didn't jive with me totally it was a little God too stressful like, oh I sure yeah, really yeah. Time. i'm not good at keeping time I, I play piano and i'm not I, I struggle with keeping time so i don't know that's the only thing yeah, i can respect intense. that as someone with no rhythm, I can respect that. I understand. But you're able to do you do it though. Sure, but there, are, it's, there's always a, a curve there of like having. Did you to get gain the, the rhythm from Patapon? Yeah, and I think out? The, like... you know they say the rhythm is going to get you, and the rhythm got me from Patapon. That's definitely where it came from. Uh, another one I want to shout out here as I look through. Of course, that we have some Golden Abyss coming up. Nevin's Island says low key Uncharted Golden Abyss was more fun than Uncharted One. It was a banger on Vita. I feel like that's not saying a, a low lot. bar. <laughs> okay, thank you. Right, like. Well, that's, I mean, honestly, like if I, I that would have been novel, right? If like after Uncharted 1, I got a Vita and was greeted with Golden Abyss, I feel like that would be a good time of like, oh, I can play this same kind of game. Oh, yeah. Well, I think in the, like that's always, that's always a cool thing. 
Chat said, so she's not great at piano. No, I'm not. I, I just started like a year ago. I'm not that good. I'm okay. I'm, I'm where I need to be for my level. Janet's an ocean books. of hobbies. Yeah, you know, people say that. Really I think are, I don't have actually. that many hobbies. It's I think like it's just like, no, outside of gaming. I, I, so many people just don't do like, you know, I, I get off work and then it's right to, you know, well, being a dad and playing games, right? Like I'm not like doing something, whereas you're like I'm I'm doing piano, I'm yeah, roller skating, I'm cooking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're doing a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Thanks. No problem. <laughs> Kebabs wrote in and says it's not the best game, but my favorite is Wipeout 2048. After the PSN okay. crash, one of the free games from SCEE was Wipeout HD, which turned me into a fan of the series. 2048 was the first new game after that point and turned me from a fan into a diehard. Unfortunately, it was also the last new game, although Omega Collection VR is a nice bonus. Also, and this is Kebabs, of course, shout out to the Ratchet and Clank trilogy on Vita for being yeah. the PS2 games on PS Vita with no compromises. See, that's what I always loved about the Vita is the fact that, yeah, we had things like that Ratchet Collection. You have Metal Gear Solid's, uh, what, two in three uh, on, yeah. the v- on the Vita. You, get, you, get, you can get Peace Walker uh, yeah, know, as a PSP yeah. game. Jack and Dexter's on there as well. God of War. Yeah, that, that's the only um, place I don't own Jack and Dexter, actually. I have a physical for PS2, PS3, and PS4. Shot the limited run. Um, so I need to get that one as well to like round up my collection. What am I doing this for? I don't know anymore, but I, it's you what I do. Have it. So. You yeah, like this prove is prove your fandom by having them all. The the worst thing, like, don't start if you start questioning, like, why are we actually doing this? Like, that's a dark path to go down. You know what I mean? Like, let's just just go with it. If you like it, just do it. But also, like, you know, I we we talk about like what Vita Two could be if they ever you know wanted to put put one out. And I think somebody mentioned either in the questions or in chat that like they can turn they can t- they can make like a PS4 portable essentially, right? And like. Yeah you know, have you be able to take those games on the go and us talking about Ratchet and Clank and Daxter and like, uh, Metal Gear Solid, right? Like that is what I want from another PlayStation portable console or portable device where it's, Hey, yeah, not, I'm not necessarily playing my PS5 games on these things, but I'm playing my indies. I'm playing whatever games you develop for it. And then I'm also playing this legacy stuff, right? I call make it the project Spartacus machine where Here's I'm playing thing. a big catalog of old games that I loved. Here's the question I have for y'all. Um, and I don't know, maybe the answer would be like a little controversial, but like, let's pretend like magic wand scenario. Would you rather have like okay there's that like horizon game coming out right for vr2 call the mountain yes i sense the wild in there we're gonna go past it call the mountain call the mountain (laughs) (laughs) is it would you be more interested like let's pretend like forget the uh you know intricacies of hi jen forget the intricacies of you know hey jen said hi whether or not it's like psvr2 and that exists um yay or like you know a handheld thing but like would you be more excited to have a vr you know call of the mountain or a handheld call of the mountain obviously again forget the fact that there is no like sure sure sure, is the the question horizon specifically or is it do you would you prefer a the next psvr2 or a playstation handheld it is horizon specifically like i kind of want to get at like what oh, then generally we'll excites start you with more. horizon and then we'll go to the, that yeah, next like, question what, what yeah. generally excites you more like as a player because we talk about like these handheld games when they are like handheld specific being designed for handheld rather than being like remote play so like would the idea of this a handheld is, horizon or vr excite so you more? i mean this is going to be a, a little bit of kojima's parasite eve but like i like the idea of having a handheld horizon that is monster hunter finally and his co-op and being for able sure. to like you know uh, play with my friends in the same room and go after robot machines and all that shit. Can I tell if, you about Freedom Wars? You can. I tried out Freedom Wars. It didn't hit for me. It did not hit for me. But gotta, I do respect you, it. You know, I, I get. You, you got to go pr- protect your Panopticon. Remember? 
they lost you me remember? in Opticon. I was like, okay. I do not know what that word means. I need a definition. <laughs> I looked it up in the dictionary. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Uh, but if you're just talking about Horizon, like the brand and IP in general, I think I still would go handheld. Yeah. Like, I think that's just more appealing just for the idea of when I think of VR games, I'm thinking of something that maybe might not translate as clearly right like when i'm jumping into a horizon game in vr what is is that what, what are you pulling out this is freedom morse freedom morse is booting up right that is now. the longest opening screen like I, you well, when, you, when you're making gold like they were on the playstation vita sometimes okay. it takes a while to for a second up, i right? thought it was a jpeg i think what we also they miss can't see us right now from no what we missed from handheld gaming but that only happened like a second ago what we missed from handheld gaming is when the screen goes black and you have to look at yourself oh the uh, pain the like, 15 and, chins and you still, yes and you still get that with the switch you know if you're if you're playing that well, but yeah. the but, the pain so of having to look into your own soul back, back to what i was saying right like back to the question yeah. with yes. with a vr horizon game i'm not going to get a lot of things that i like about horizon i'm not going to get exploring the open world i'm not going to get you know d checking off the activities i'm not going to get the melee pits i'm not going to get um, I don't even think I'm going to get Aloy, right, in Horizon Call of the Mountain. Like, I think that's going to be an entirely different character, probably in a different region or something like that. And yeah. So I'm missing, I'm missing out on a lot of the things that I'd want out of a Horizon. What I am going to get out of the VR game is a, another reason to be in that world, in that universe. But I think with a mobile, with a handheld game, you have more of the opportunity to take to take advantage of, like, the gameplay stuff that works about Horizon and actually translate that. But with VR, I think it's so much harder to translate. Like, if anything, in a dream scenario, I would want more unique uh vr games where it is like ips made specifically for vr or ideas made specifically for vr that don't necessarily have to connect back but when we're talking about business right that's not business reality of how playstation works like we're gonna get horizon we're gonna get uh other playstation ips that are popular made for that's uh, how long it VR. took to boot are you fucking kidding me <laughs> <laughs> good. and then like the you haven't lived until you've like flipped the virtual page in the ps vita like oh, i yeah. don't know like there's again like did we need this this add a lot and even like the back touch screen right like i always ask no. about that like what games you really you know said there's tearaway obviously but like yeah it's like one of those things that like eh, it's just like kind of here to be here but like the yep. few times it gets used like it can be kind of fun and i think since we're like so far from it now we can really just enjoy it for what it is instead of being like in the thick of well, no, that's the thing. Like, stuff people, thing. The, the things we appreciate about the Vita, the, the games people talk about, usually are the, and when you talk about your memories of Vita, usually are when you're just playing a game. Not when you're swiping, not when you're getting your photo yeah. taken, not when you're holding it up to the light, not when you're going, like, there are games that included some of that stuff. And we've talked about Golden Abyss already. That was a launch game from Sony Ben that had to do some of that stuff. But overall, people weren't like, that's what I want out of this thing. Now, can, you guess, though, oh, yes. can you guess the first game I had for Vita? The first game like you ever got for Vita. The first game, let me see the first game I booted up for Vita because I kind of had a lot of like. PS oh, that you booted up. Oh yeah. gosh, um, severed. Some no. fighting game. Did you say yeah? Actually, that's correct, Greg. It is. Okay. A, it is a fighting game. It's a fighting um, game that I don't think either of you guys would know. You that's probably heard. a safe oh. assumption. Guilty Gear. You know well, no, was there a Guilty Gear on that? Oh, uh, fuck! Is it that one? It's super stylish that people like Stan. It's like, oh my god, what is it called? Something with girls or something in it? Is my tripping? What's no. the name of this title? I know what you're talking about. You no, know I'm trying to think. What am I trying to think of? Skullgirls. Skullgirls, yes. But no. No, it's not. Even though that is okay. Skullgirls is a good That guess. is what I was trying to think so of. So the okay. one I have, right, was a PS Plus game that came out around the time that I got my Vita. Ooh. So this would have been, again, 2016, like beginning of 2016 time, a fighting game that I would be surprised, honestly. Just remember. tell us. I don't even remember which one. Uh, it's yeah, a game called Blue. No, no. Good, again, great guesses for people who aren't like entrenched in the fighting Thank game you. world. We're trying to pull out Blaze Blue and to pull out uh, Skullgirls. Uh, it's a game called Reality Fighters, which yeah, is never. Oh, is that the that. one? Is that the one you put your face in it? 
Yes, yes. So it was one That's where like horrifying. It, it was made oh for God. the Vita, and yeah, you would like basically customize your fighter and then you would yeah take a picture of your face and your face would be imprint imprinted onto your character and then the cool thing about it would be that like it used ar and yep. so like Augmented. you would then point your camera at your desk or at your kitchen table and the oh no fight, i want this the fight stage would be on like whatever you're pointing your camera at it was really cool for like a couple of days uh to play it and like i got so excited because this was the first game i booted up on my vita and i showed it to my sister who i was living at at the time living with at the time um and my like, sister she's like future she's like she's my older sister right like she's the opposite person as me like she is like you know not entrenched in gaming or any of this shit at all uh and i showed it to her and she looks at me and she, she's like oh you're a nerd like and i was like oh i am aren't i like that is this is the nerd oh, shit no I've done, i am <laughs> that's what i realized i was like oh shit this is who i am isn't it um but yeah shout out to reality fighters and after that i booted up persona 4 no that looks this that actually looks like really good like i kind of want to do this because it's like i again i know that gimmicks don't really end up making any of these like devices or consoles or controllers or whatever like they end up kind of being like a weird side note to whatever's going on but i do like some of the novelties of it like i remember with my like 3ds they had those um like weird kind of like ar cards where you could like summon a dragon and like shoot discs at it and it's like was this a good game probably not but like did i play did i enjoy like sitting on the floor of my kitchen and like having a virtual thing there which i know this might i feel like this sounds like such an old conversation in the world of like i mean Pokemon you're, you're talking you're talking about that era of playstation which i think was a lot of that because like yeah what you're saying i think could be applied to playstation home it could be applied to like playstation move of like are these things good debatable it did stuff with playstation i i i'm blank uh judgment what was it i have judgment i have judgment was was a ps3 playstation i weird ass card game you played the cards mm -hmm. came to life and was it good shit. no well i mean like <laughs> I say no, like, it's not a game. Life, I, so who, who wanted to play that? Who wanted to fucking yeah. do that? I don't know. It was the card think, game itself. Could I doubt it? I never had anybody care about it, but it was a like, thing out of time. I think it's that thing of like, you know, they have those projects that are uh, the result of PlayStation kind of being weird at the time and actually like green lighting these different creative ideas because they're trying to figure out what the footing was. And a lot of them didn't hit, but I think we have, a, we have nostalgia for so much of it. And the Vita is probably maybe the greatest example of like weird PlayStation doing a thing that, you know, had potential because it's handheld gaming like you know people do handheld gaming nintendo's been doing it forever like that's not crazy but it is like cool let's make it so that fidelity wise is pretty good and then like give it a touch screen give it back touch give it a camera and see what games you can make for it and it results in the thing that like at the end of the day wasn't as successful as playstation wanted to be but you still have a, a this, wide group of people that have a lot of nostalgia for it and this is what playstation 3 was and this is what i'm always talking about when i talk about like between it's a, a device caught between two playstations where playstation 3 was fucking wonder book was like let's get weird with playstation move and like you know one of the playstation move launch games was that one where you you roll down a hill on a chair you know i forget the name of it they changed it to uh but then you and it's a game that it, playstation 3 is a system filled with games that are niche and speak to a very different audience and like you know janet we were talking about it yesterday right of like last guy and like what a weird ass idea that was and what a weird fucking trailer that was where they did this whole thing of like meeting them in tibet and yada 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 of like and there was a goat involved and i remember like it doesn't matter it wasn't about the game and it was but it was the idea that if you played last guy you have a great memory of that and so then you jump to playstation 4 which was a hey we're making a, a mass market gaming device for gamers and that spoke and you see the chat the chat shouting stuff like katamari right for playstation's history of being weird you know mr mosquito like there's so many different things that you can look back to oh, yeah. playstation yeah. being a a company that was niche and worked and I, when i paged through my vita 
right. That's the stuff that stands out to me of like great memories and stuff. I look at, I see hell divers on here, which I know I've talked everybody's ear off about it and be like so much about it. Dragon's crown dogma or dragon's crown. Uh, you know, it's abbreviating the names, right? Uh, I see obviously freedom wars. Like I've talked about luminous electronic symphony. One of I think, an ama- like one of the few games where I think the back touch actually enhanced the product where like using the back touch for luminous was so great and stuff like that. And then you should go through and there's so many like games that if you fucking, if you love, like you're bringing up reverie, right? If you love reverie, if you knew reverie, it's there and you have a fun a conversation to have with somebody and you understand what that yeah. means to them. That's what this I mean, device was. As I, I mean, as I go through, right, just on my homepage, these aren't even all the games that I have um, like redeemed or whatever, but like things that I have downloaded, I'm looking at Downwell uh titan souls vvv vvv but then i get to chrono trigger which is like yeah. the um, original playstation's chrono trigger right and i scroll down it's castlevania symphony symphony of the night right and i scroll down it's ratchet and clank collection like that's a dope library like that's a really dope library of games and a lot of it isn't original to the vita but it's, it's not necessarily about that right it's the fact that i can play those games on what at the time was a modern device and yeah. playing that stuff handheld which i think is really novel and really cool yeah and i think that speaks to again it's not I mean, there are fun that's things about the idea of having something like on the go that's like a powerful thing or an interesting IP. But if it's not like if it isn't if the feel isn't right, it's not as exciting to play portable, which I think was maybe like some of the problem with the PS Vita, right? It's like, OK, we have big IPs, but the games themselves like just don't really aren't that exciting or enticing. But like funny enough, like blessing for our PS Now like review that we did where we had like play we like you know sifted through the library and played a bunch of games and stuff like I did find stuff from that which I'm like I'm hoping you know I would love for PlayStation Spartacus to be PS Now but like way souped up and like maybe some stuff trimmed down because admittedly like not all the PS Now stuff was like you know fire but like playing Pixel Junk Shooter on um, PlayStation Now and like loving that game and then being like oh my god I'm so glad that it's oh it's on Vita so cool I'll play this on Vita then because I'd prefer to play that kind of game handheld and just having that like it's not so much that it needs to be exclusive to it or specific for it but if it feels at home there it just feels better to play on a handheld yeah. device and that's the thing you i think we talk so much about the the vita being a device out of time and you know whether it should have launched later earlier where was it what should it have been like so many of the vita ideas were ahead of their time where i think you know it, the technology wasn't there but even in, you go back and you can go back and read like i was talking about the uh, uh verge article about this where you know there was this push and pull inside of sony of like it should just be digital only it should just be downloadable only and there'd be like broadband even now in america isn't that great let alone you know mm-hmm. back then 10 years ago but there's also this push and pull right of of how you make this device speak to everyone in a way that it would go. And I think so many of the the promise of the Vita was game anywhere, but in reality it was game on the Vita anywhere. And it was that thing of like the show having connectivity right between it, Hell Divers being the same game between it, you could take your progress back and forth. But even that, what we're ta- what I'm talking about and what was a cool idea that spoke to people is what the Switch is because the Switch is one device. Like, you know what I mean? Getting down to one device was where the Switch fucking crushed it and that's why going for steam deck x cloud whatever going to be for uh, streaming remote play but on e- your place even with that and like again this is kind of like getting a little off topic because it's technically not a playstation question but like do we see switch is it just gonna be switch two or are they gonna like pivot to like a home console because i think that was <sighs> and it was an exciting moment when it came out and not that i still don't love my switch but admittedly I am really starting to feel like how big this technological gap is getting. And I'm wondering, like, can we keep this life while also being competitive? Which I think is one of the challenges of having, like, the idea of an all-in-one where that 
is kind I, of the pinnacle, but then it's also like kind of not. Like I, I think that's know. where you kind of get into the difference between Nintendo and PlayStation and how they operate. Where for Nintendo, like as much as it's a complaint for me, you, and probably everybody else that technologically Switch in 2022 feels inferior when you're switching back and forth between a PS5 and go back to the Switch. Switch is still the fastest selling console, you know, right now and still killing it. And Nintendo doesn't really give a fuck about like, you know, high fidelity. If it, if they can sell you on Mario and Zelda and the stuff that you are buying a Switch for, like, who cares if the next Zelda doesn't look like God of War or whatever. Whereas for PlayStation, I think there is that idea of fidelity and there's that that, that idea of like, we don't want to make games that look like they existed in, in 2013, right? We want to make games that stand up to 2022 standards. And I think that is that that is where it becomes difficult in terms of how would you do how would you make a handheld console for playstation in 2022 that feels like it stands besides something like the ps5 and you know what what they're doing now i think that i think that might also be why they lean more into something like vr as opposed to handheld because mm. vr definitely feels like something that already like just for what the hardware is and the technology of it feels so forward looking and feels so technologically forward um and like you don't necessarily have to worry too much about fidelity because it, it is an extension of the ps5 and so like you're gonna get good looking games and in vr you have different expectations for what fidelity even is as everybody loves to you know throw things in my face from the last 15 years i've said or whatever feel free to uh, timestamp this one but i just think that in so many ways a handheld gaming a dedicated handheld a de- in so many ways a dedicated handheld is a thing of the past where again like i think playstation is interested in getting you to play your PlayStation games on the go, but they're interested in you using PlayStation now. They're interested in you in remote play. They're interested. I see you're bringing up the backbone, right? Like I, I, I was talking to Andrea Renee, who was up uh, last yesterday, doing <laughs> last week, up like, yesterday last with you yes. or, uh, when we were doing a secret project, right? And it's the thing of she had it, used a backbone, and all I did was gush about the backbone controller. This is not an ad. This is not a sponsorship. They did send me free product or whatever to review or whatever. I love the backbone and use it to this day, and I'm shocked of you know how good the internet is in my house, uh, the how great it is to use my PlayStation on my iPhone. Like, I don't yeah. know why the PlayStation would look and be like, let's make a handheld device that's going to appeal to a niche, niche audience, which we are not anymore. We are not PlayStation 3 PlayStation. Mm-hmm. We are PlayStation 5 PlayStation. Let's, you know, only speak to this X million people when they could just be like, no, we're going to continue to work on making your whatever device you have in your house play your PlayStation 5. I think especially when you have the PSVR, which is already kind of doing that. It's Get like, out of here with that PlayStation VR. Janet was going to talk about Backbone. Go, Janet. <laughs> I have a backbone. They did not send me one. I had to buy it. Um, though, I don't know. You can't really even send me another one because what I did would just sit next to the one that I have. But um, yeah, I, I have tested this out a bit. I want to spend more time with it as usual. It's one of like the million things I have going on gaming wise. Sure. So, you know, I don't get to spend as much time as, with it as I'd like, but I've played like Horizon 1. I haven't tried like Forbidden West on it yet. Um, but playing that like on my phone with this, like, it's mind-blowing honestly and i'm not saying that it's perfect because i definitely had like some elements of stutter or like my boyfriend tried to do it and he like just couldn't get to work for some reason even though like it's the same internet same house same backbone controller maybe he's Um, just stupid yeah i mean that's definitely a possibility he does not listen to the show but anyway Uh, that's um, why i know he's stupid i can say whatever i want now (laughs) oh my god i can't all right anyway so it's pretty good. Like, I do think there's room for growth, even like trying to, which granted, like Toem is on the Switch. Like, I could get that handheld, but I have it on my PlayStation because I wanted the trophies. And like oh, playing yeah, that do. on handheld, like I did have like some stutter or like the UI was like a little too small for like, you know, playing on an oh, iPhone sure. 13 Pro that isn't like, I know there's like a bigger iPhone that you can get, but then at that point, I have to like have an iPad in my pocket and that's too much. Um, so there definitely are follies with 
the using mobile gaming in lieu of like a dedicated handheld, but I do see a lot of potential in that. And I think if PlayStation starts to like really lean into that and soup that up in a big way, like I, I do see that as the wave of the future because it just seems more viable and it's like e- more easily accessible. Like we all have a phone, like a smartphone, and yeah. we all have internet. Now, granted, you might not have good enough internet. You might not have a good enough smartphone where you're going to want to do that before I upgraded from my, at an iPhone seven before, like that thing would overheat just existing. Like I'd have to charge <laughs> it all the time. So I'm definitely not pretending that everyone has the same resources that I have, right. but I think it's easier to get people on board with that. And it makes more sense, right? Like, sure i'll invest plenty of money in my phone because i kind of have to and but i use it for everything to, but to be able to play it like on mobile as well it just like makes it even better i will say i guess my dream scenario would be maybe if they made like i don't know like the technological background of like why this is like so different i guess it's like streaming versus not but like playing on apple arcade you know that's seamless like playing on a controller playing on a backbone playing on my iphone playing on my ipad i don't have any problems with those games because they download them straight to it versus like yeah. the streaming thing so i think them looking just into what you know we talked about like on one of the post shows like me and blessing the the one that you had to like dip out on about like would playstation do a pc launcher and i think we just had some news on a pc launcher today from god what company was it as this shutting down theirs and putting all their game to steam yeah exactly so like yeah is there a world where that happens uh maybe you know man i really fit their ethos but i could see you know the PlayStation port whatever like i'd love to see um like a mobile like launcher or something like where i could download the game properly to my phone again the games are freaking huge so i guess that wouldn't work for some things but like for at least a layer of them just to make that experience a little bit better because i think there's so much potential there but if it doesn't work for you then you're just like well this sucks and that that's kind of an unfortunate disconnect that's there right now and that's the thing in the chat when we started this conversation in the live chat on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games bander sn said yeah but you can't use remote play on the bus or plane to which i think like yes we're talking about remote play right now anyway like let's be honest <laughs> but where i what I'm, i think when you really start looking forward is like where this is all going you know what i mean like i think right now it's so easy to be in the moment even with xcloud or streaming in general or whatever technology we're talking about that's using the internet and be like well it sucks right now and it's like all right it stutters or it does this and it's definitely happened to me i remember you know when it was my vita right doing assassin's creed black flag streaming that via remote play and it was like oh this is awesome you jumped in there and then the lag for it was like oh god i was i was in seattle at the time playing on my san francisco playstation i think as this stuff continues to grow evolve as the internet infrastructure in america in the world continues to grow and evolve like don't think for a second that like comcast at&t and etc etc aren't trying to figure out how to just beam wi-fi all over the fucking planet and get charge you more to be connected all the time to a you know it will what will initially be i'm sure a 3g connection but then go up to a f- four or five etc cetera, etc cetera, et cetera. and like that's where it gets interesting of what this looks like and so i think that sitting there and being playstation and going you know what we're making a vita 2 right now just doesn't make sense because i think in five years what the internet looks like and streaming games looks like will be completely different than what it looks like right now and then five years later it's different as well so why go into this r&d of trying to make this happen when there's already programs and things going that are going to change yeah the the future is so much more likely to be vr than it is to be handheld gaming i think even just looking at like the brighter context of the the push for the metaverse and things like that as much as we might you know cringe at like some of the layers of you know people that don't game being like look you can get married in the metaverse and it's like yeah like we've been doing that a million years in games way better looking (laughs) like you know but that's also like the the benefit of we're so much more used to having like if you're a hardcore gamer having vr in your mind knowing what vr can do and having like that as a conversation piece while like the general population it's a lot 
slower of a of an adaptation. Again, I'm not necessarily pushing for everything to be like in VR, and I, I don't necessarily think sure. VR is like the best way to game even. But I think there's an avenue there that is that is meant to be and should be explored. And I think it's nice and smart for PlayStation to be doing that. And I'm you know excited for what VR two will have, even if that's the last you know VR console that PlayStation puts out. Like I don't really know, but they seem interested and excited and that gets me excited for it that they're See, willing to invest in it i think i think vr is more of a viable future for playstation than handheld where like i think generally like speaking in a broad sense i think there's still more juice in handheld than there is in vr like i think vr just has way too many barriers to entry in terms of like you know having something that can already run it and then buying the vr headset and then connecting it and then like you know trying to figure out like okay are you going to go wireless with oculus quest versus something that's wired in uh and like I, I I think there's too many barriers for how 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 do you market that? How do you get into people's hands? And like the ad the adoption of VR versus handheld, which I think is already self-explanatory and already has a history of working and hitting. But for PlayStation, I think the I think handheld is kind of already spoken for when you talk when you when you go to Nintendo or you go to um, Steam or you go to whoever else that's like working around the the handheld space, whether it be something that is dedicated like the Switch or something that is cloud driven like x cloud or whatever that is right like i think that's kind of where playstation stays because it's comfortable whereas vr is a place where playstation already can kind of thrive uh like psvr was very good selling very very high selling for uh vr and like for playstation as a company that knows how to make first party games knows how to like you know market hardware knows how to do something like that i think you could see PSVR 2 come out and be successful in the way that PSVR 1 was um, because it doesn't require you having some kind of PC and, and you still have that high fidelity and high like um, high power to work with. with the you PS5. figure PlayStation VR is exactly where PlayStation wants to be and where anybody would want to be, right? Where they have the console market for VR cornered. Where Xbox has been, you know, Phil's like talked a few times about it. Like, it's interesting, but it's not something we're actively chasing. And you can say Labo for Nintendo, right? But like, that's not really what their bread and butter is. Yeah, no. They're not going for that. It's a fun thing. So, in the same way, like, you know, I think Nintendo back in the day, Nintendo gave up, right? Of like, all right, cool. No, we're not trying to be Xbox. We're not trying to be PlayStation. We're trying to make cool games. We don't care if it's HD or internet, right? I think you see PlayStation be the same way with handheld of like, listen, that's not our bag. And we're not, we've tried it twice now. They had varying levels of success, right? Uh, the version their article reported, while exact numbers are hard to pinpoint, the PSP was estimated to have sold a little over 80 million units over its lifetime, while the Vita only managed a fraction of that at an estimated 16 million. Remember, if we're uh, bringing that into context for you, units sold for PlayStation 5 as of July 2021 were 10 million. Units shipped are 17.3 million as of December 31st, 2021. So like, why would PlayStation ever look to this market and be like, we, we really want to do this again? We really want to try this again. No, double down on what is it makes you you. This is speaking to what we spoke about from PlayStation Studios. What is PlayStation? What makes PlayStation unique? First party, AAA, amazing experience, narrative based. You know, third person for the most part, and then also now this VR pillar they're trying to build. Like no one is going. You've had a two shots at it, and no one's ever looked at PlayStation. Been like, what makes them unique is their handheld market. Sadly. And I think that's reflected in, you know, to put a pin in this guy. I like how much we're talking about VR. There's actually PlayStation VR news too. PlayStation VR 2 news that dropped today, <laughs> which, you know, normally, haha, jokes on you motherfuckers at PlayStation trying to fuck over PS I Love You. Because usually we would record the episode yesterday. What happened today? We would have cried, but we don't have to worry about it. Put a pin in this and move to that, right? 
Matt Piscatella, uh, who's a, the executive director in video game industry or, or and at the and video game industry advisor. You see him all the time talking about MPD numbers. He's tight with Jeffy Grub Grub, and they're always talking about it over there. Uh, today on the 10th anniversary, he quote tweeted his uh, 2018 November 3rd 2018 uh, tweet that says, "All right, Vita fans, due to popular demand, here's your life to date U.S. top 10 sellers chart from the NPD Group. Again, this is from 2018, but in his quote tweet today, Matt's like, I doubt this has changed much. So your number one was Uncharted: Golden Abyss, of course, a PlayStation launch or PlayStation Vita launch title that makes sense. Next was Call of Duty: Black Ops Declassified, a awful, awful, awful fucking game, but Call of Duty." It moved units and it, you know, it made people want to go play the Vita. Behind that, Assassin's Creed 3 Liberation, one that I played and enjoyed enough, but couldn't tell you jack shit about. Like, I don't remember, you know what I mean? Like, I don't remember, I remember liking that game, but I don't remember anything. I might have reviewed it too, which is even worse, I guess, but I've reviewed a lot of games, I guess. Uh, then Mortal Kombat 2011, then Little Big Planet, then Need for Speed Most Wanted 2012, Killzone Mercenary, Persona 4 Golden, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, and then Unit 13, if you remember that one. Uh, what I find so so fascinating, right, is like if we were to sit there and talk about the best Vita games of all time, the majority of these you wouldn't bring up, right? Yeah, like you, it's a heartbreaking list almost because it's like Persona 4 Golden being is that number number eight below all these games that are like you know Call of Duty, Assassin's Creed is the stuff that you'd expect just based on name and IP, but not what you'd expect based on quality. Yeah. It's so wild to me. Uh, but it, we also have to remember digital is not included. Um, so you have to think oh, about good. the yeah. amount of uh, people who bought it digitally, yeah. including myself, because like eventually physical versions of Persona 4 Golden are were rare to come by and are very expensive if you do come by them. Yeah, very it's a point. it's a list that I think makes sense. Again, that's a great point with the digital thing. Even though I don't know how much digital mattered back then this, this the, the verge article is this whole conversation about what it was and you know as somebody who's been digital for forever i know or as long as i could be i guess uh there's always been even for podcasts beyond so much back and forth and uh push back in the day from the audience of like i don't want digital so i don't know in this thing if it matters but it does show that gone? again what moves is ip what is big names that's what people wanted out of this thing what did you say janet what was your fucking joke am i How's that going How's that going? The digital thing? It was a I joke won. at the audience's expense. I won. So. You know, I'm sorry. High five, Jan. I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry. It's the well, it's the champagne talking. I, it's the champagne. I don't know if I even want to high five that because I like. It's too late. You did though, right? Because you, know you fall for anything. I fucking say high five and you do it. <gasps> yeah, I mean, I well, who's who am I to pass up a good high five? When's the last time I've been offered? <laughs> you know, like I mean, I don't want to get into all that on the show. I want to keep it lighthearted, but sure. Um, Jan, are you funny enough? By the way, champagne and beer because I just I just noticed that you're pouring another cup of champagne and I saw you drinking a bottle before. I'm almost done with the beer and I don't have a second beer. So I'm going to go back to champagne. It's we're going to go to ads here in a second. And we're going to go to ad before we go to the PlayStation VR thing. I'm going to run up and pee and I'm going to get a beer too. So you, we can party then. It's a party also, uh, I did review Assassin's Creed 3 Liberation, by the way. Like, I don't have anything to do after this. This is just like, this is the beauty of. I'm being playing like Destiny. The, uh, Blessing's the only one who has to work. Blessing's got a real thing to do. Yeah, I have like week. a very important piece of content to report, ah, report okay, after don't this. Don't worry about it. You'll see it soon enough, ladies and gentlemen. October 30th, 2012, I reviewed Assassin's Creed 3 Liberation. The review was a 7.2 on IGN. It, a good. My verdict was Assassin's Creed 3 Liberation is a simplified version of Assassin's Creed, the Assassin's Creed franchise. The moves, the move and kills you'd expect are there, but the story is boiled down to easy to be easy to jump in and out of that takes away some of the excitement in playing it though through a it. simplified version i think is the like tagline for what the ps vita was in terms of like stable ip because that was like the biggest complaint where it's like this is just a nerfed version of the ips mm-hmm. that we do like so like why are we here Oof, and then we weren't my, here anymore my intro dude my intro since its launch 
late last year in Japan and early this year everywhere else, the PlayStation Vita has been looking for a quote-unquote system seller, an exclusive title so good consumers would have no choice but to buy Sony's handheld. Assassin's Creed 3 Liberation has the bullet points you'd expect to fill this void with the franchise's trademark gameplay and open world, but it's not enough to make it a must-own. Liberation is good, but it's not great. Someone said, can we have a Greg's reviews and review? And I think that'd be hilarious. That no, I, I will let you guys know that I was talking, I think, to Janet about this yesterday. <laughs> I read some of these reviews and I'm like, oh my God, no, I don't want you guys to even remember or go read that shit. Don't worry about it. Same, we're going to be saying the same thing about PS Love You in 10 years. We're gonna look no, we're not. Like, not, in the same, not in the same way. Maybe like some of the you know some elements of back some and be things like, man, i looked way better back then i'm gonna look gut. back and be like uncharted is my favorite franchise <laughs> <laughs> golden abyss it it was the one like it like, really that combat was fantastic i have more vita memories okay, i'd like to sprinkle in you just don't th- there's no, not five frames for you to dodge that's and now door, you feel the, the game is good that i've been that's feeling combat we gotta yeah. be real with ourselves, guys. No. It's very good. Is, is Death Door Combat is the combat not is good, mid. or are you not good at yeah, it? Yeah, are you just not good? No, I'm great. At, I'm great at the combat. I beat Maybe the game. This this race of someone who is so good at Everything games that when fantastic. they find a game they're not good at, they're like, oh, like the game is messed up. I Name feel one like the game, game wasn't designed at. well. The, Name Death one. Door, I guess. I beat Death, Death Door. door. That means I'm good at it. I don't know if that means you're it's good not right there. You're serviceable enough at it to beat it. But maybe you know you just didn't get deep enough. Into Someone it. mentioned All I'm saying is that I played I played Sound games like Bloodborne. I played Sekiro. I played Sifu. I played games with great combat systems. And Death Door. See, I don't like this either, Bless, because then you get the weirdos in the chat coming out to also shit on Death Door and how that's they right, also chat. hate. That's right, chat. That's mid. Make combat. it make it a chance. When it's okay. fucking fantastic. That's Those iframes are terrible. One of the reasons why it was the second best game of last year. All right. I'm so tired of Only people fucking bitching people. about iframes while I'm stuck fucking parrying every goddamn two seconds because, because motherfuckers want to put a parry in there. Why? Why did you ruin its birthday? It's Venus' tenth birthday. Why are we this? that we're arguing about death's door i want to talk about playstation vr 2 and i know you do too ladies and gentlemen you of course can talk to us about anything playstation related on playstation i love you god damn it i fucked it up patreon.com slash kinda funny games you can go to right part of the show be in there and have some fun with us you get the show ad free you get to be live when we're live with it you get to do all that cool stuff with us uh you also though like i said get the show ad free but you're not watching on patreon.com slash kind of funny games so here's a word from our sponsor your to-do list is absolutely bonkers between those meetings, errands, chores, and making sure you get some you time too. So make sure you get a little time to yourself with some help from DoorDash. DoorDash brings you what you want to eat right now right to your door. Desperately craving late night snacks? Or have you forgot one key ingredient for dinner? Or maybe you just want to stock up for the week? Well, DoorDash has it all in one app. How do I know so much about DoorDash? Well, I'm Greg Miller, and I use DoorDash way too much. Uh, if you were watching the Kind of Funny podcast, when we were talking about a whole bunch of different stuff, Nick mentioned the ice cream place you really like, and I said, where, is there one around me? And I said, yes, there is, and I ordered from it, and I had it on the post show. I was eating ice cream on the post show, giving you a review of the ice cream, all because of DoorDash. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code KINDAFUNNY. That's 25% off, up to a $10 value and zero delivery fees in your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the app store and enter the code kind of funny. Don't forget that's code kind of funny for 25% off your first order with DoorDash subject to change terms apply. 
I don't care how soft or firm your mattress topper is. I don't even care how heavy your blanket is. There's only one thing you need to get a good night's sleep, and that's a good mattress. Get the only thing you truly need for a great night's sleep, a purple mattress. Only purple mattresses have the gel flex grid. It's a super stretchy, ultra squishy material that adapts and flexes around pressure points and doesn't retain heat. It's amazingly supportive and cushioning in all the right places, no matter how you sleep. How do I know so much about it? Well, of course, you've known for years Joey's used a purple mattress. You know Tim uses the purple pillow. And now, the future class of video games, blessing Eddie Oye Jr. is sleeping on a purple mattress. And he tells me all the time it keeps him cool, comfortable, and gives him a great night's sleep. Getting a great night's sleep starts with having a great mattress. Get a purple mattress. Go to purple.com slash kindoffunny and use the code kindoffunny. For a limited time, you can get 10% off any order of $200 or more. That's purple.com com slash kind of funny code kind of funny for 10% off your order of $200 or more. That's purple.com slash kind of funny promo code kind of funny terms apply. Oh yeah. Let's get it. Did you hear it? Did it wow. crack? Did you Two hear Two of you made it back in time, but yeah. Yeah, I, as I sat down, Bear, I want to thank God, Greg. <laughs> there was, a, there was a good 45 seconds where none of you were here and I knew we had a well, minute have, left and I was freaking out. You have little faith. We're here. We're ready. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, finally, okay. blessing finally showed up. Jesus. Blessing, we even hold up the show just for you. You know what I mean? Oh, I had a did question though for y'all. I did change. That's Elfest. great. Another great dress. Another yeah, great dress. Yeah, I just felt like uh, uh, I had to go outside again because it's the pandemic. So I'm yeah. like, okay, here we go. You didn't prepare an outfit change for a ha- a part yeah. two of the show, Bless? I welcome Listen, to the I, the I expect this from Greg, but not from where'd you. Get the, where'd you get the VR from? I own it. Like, what do you mean? Where I get it from? You just have it sitting next to your desk. No, I texted um, I texted Isaiah and I was like, can you bring me the PSV? And poor Isaiah, he does this all the time because <laughs> I'm never prepared for things. I'm like, can you bring me PSVR? Bonus points if you bring the wand, which I have. Oh, here it goes. At least one of the wands. They're both the same. So sure. I have yeah. a question, though, before the VR stuff. Um, what, if any, songs did you guys have on your PS Vita? Because you could have music mm-hmm. on there. I'm curious. Or your PSP. See, now that, that's see of that. an era. Uh, see, yeah, did... Did Vita allow you to do the media center? I think Vita, you could have music. I See, my my whole thing with the P- my PSP was my only MP3 player. Remember, so what everybody, did you have I'm your PSP old. Then I mean, what do you mean? I had everything, so it, it would have been a lot of Weezer. Uh, every Weezer album would have been on there. You know what I mean? It would have been all the stuff I was listening to in college that I then digitized and put on there. Probably a bunch of you know uh, some ska. You know what I mean? Probably had that on there. So I, you had I your whole thing on there. I only ever had five songs at a time because of the memory yeah. limitations. On mine, oh. do, you, do you still have like those songs saved on there, or did you delete them already? Well, see, you're. I think again, we're conflating two things. To be very clear, because I never yes. want to misrepresent myself. Yes. I never put my music on my Vita. My PSP had all my music because I went as far, Janet, and this is how old I am, is that I had the cassette adapter for the PSP. So, like, if I was going out and I wanted music in my car, I popped the cassette thing with the line into it that went into the the PSP, and it sat there in my car, and I played my MP3s that way, and so. That's how old. So I get the Vita, you know, I, anyways, to your point though, when I transferred everything to a PSP go, I don't think I kept my music. Sorry. Long, I, I buried the lead there to get to your answer. And then you yeah, started bringing up bug snacks to distract me and it worked. Yeah. Someone said, can we see bunger? And I bought the bunger plush from fan gamer. And it's great. Um, for me, here's the thing. Like my yeah, PSP. Wait. Now you're making so me wonder how much I'm going to I'm digging out my PSP go. Cause I want to see if I put music on. Sure. Wait, what'd you ask about the Vita? You have music on your Vita. I don't have music on my Vita because oh, okay. I also don't think it was as 
easy to get music on there. Like, yeah, I, was gonna say, I definitely don't have any music on my Vita. Like they had like a music icon, but I think it was a lot more like streaming kind of a situation. Like, a, well, I was like, well, I ma- no, I imagine it was probably downloadable because like PS3 yeah. had music that you can download and keep on the console, and I did that on my PS3. Uh, just so I could listen to music while I play games. But which I, I did have songs on my PSP, and there are, I still have like I know at one point I did have "We Major" by Kanye West. But the last five songs that oh, I have saved on one. my PS on my PSP are, and these are all like very like questionably downloaded on MP3s. So, like, it was the, it like, was a, it was it was how it was it was how it was at the time. Here's what I have on here, and this is of an era. Don't judge me. I got Katy Perry's "One of the Boys." Okay. Property by Say Anything, Hate Everyone by Say Anything, a Supermassive Black Hole by Muse, and Fighting by Yellow Card. Those were, that was the last, the last hurrah of the five songs. And I would just rotate the five songs out because I didn't have more space to do more than five songs. I definitely listened to Drive Slow by Kanye West while playing driving games. And I was That's not nice. driving slow. I was That's driving real fast. Honestly, Midnight Club 3 Dub Edition on, P- I had that PS2. on PSP. Or oh. I, had, I had a Midnight Club on PSP. Maybe it wasn't Dub Edition, but let me see. I think PSP might have been Dub Edition. Yeah, it was. That was like a good a good section of radio stations. They had like Overnight Celebrity on there, a couple other ones. Like it was a good time. But. Uh, Do I need to provide? Uh, uh, this might be one of those ones where I remember the PSP Go came with that PlayStation Infinity Cord, like the consoles to this day use, but then it went into that brick. Because it is a USB deal, but I'm not getting enough juice, I think, off any of my USBs that actually charge. Yeah, the, P- the PSP charger wasn't great either, but at least I'm not gonna it turns on the console right faster. I'm not got time for that. But anyway, the future the is also, whatever I, this I, is. I do want to correct. I do make a correction, because somebody in chat like 40 minutes ago was like, I didn't know they made 10 gigabyte memory cards. And so I went and I checked in my system settings. Turns out I had an 8 gigabyte memory card, uh, only yeah. 8 gigabytes. And because I had the Slim, it only had 1 gigabyte of internal memory. So I had like nine gigabytes to work with, which is not enough if you're playing a lot of games. If you're playing just yeah, one no. game, it's fine. But that's why I wanted. I got the theory too because I'm like, I want to be able to have some freedom to like download stuff. Admittedly, I haven't done a lot of that yet. Um, mostly because it can't, it can't turn on right now. But um, I just wanted to not have to worry about it. Like whenever I do eventually do a storage update, my thinking is, what can I buy where I won't have to think about this ever again? And then that's the thing I purchase. You also brought up the soundtrack for Midnight Club. That reminded me of the soundtrack for Need for Speed. Most Wanted, I think, for PS2. That had a great soundtrack, including, I think, original songs by Lupe Fiasco. I think they had Tilted by Lupe Fiasco, which was my jam. Uh, And also, like, a group of other great songs. I think Jin might have been on there. MC Jin, who you know from 106 and Park. Battle rapper. He's killing the game. What it's funny though? because, like, with with uh, with uh, Need for Speed specifically, like, I played a good amount of Need for Speed back in the day, but I haven't so much, like, their more, like, recent iterations. And, like, I remember, like, my my brother's, like, you know, he's big on Game Pass right now, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm playing, um, God, I forgot what Need for Speed it was, but I'm like, oh, that's the one with, like, the cop angle? And he's like, well, that's, like, four of them. So, like, we're going to need to, and narrowing down the specifics of that franchise is, like, a, a rough, a rough time. Greg, you were gone remember for a while. Remember how these headphones you, were, like, attached here? Did you use these? I didn't. Oh, I used. Well, yeah. What did you use if you weren't using those? I, I used Audio the ones I'm wearing now. Holding up like the earbuds that come installed. I use in my PlayStation over VR the headset. ear. Yeah, I use my over the ear headphones. Like my if I used headphones, mm. like my my pink razor ones. But I often just let it play aloud because I didn't. The last thing I want, like when you're too immersed in VR, 
and you live with other people, it's kind of scary. So I'm like, that I is don't need honestly that. why I've not used VR since uh, moving in with other people. It's because like I don't want to be Michael Heim is going to come in and poke you. Oh, he absolutely. Yeah. Would. This is the I'm kind of sad at this moment because this is me fully admitting that I'm not going to play VR again because having Isaiah unplug this and bring this here, I'm like, I will never plug this back in. Like I had no. like he had to take it out of like a bin of like cords and wires and things. And I'm like, I'm not going to. This is the end. This was this was the last Greg, time. Greg, what are you doing right now? I, it's that thing where I'm like, so I'm like, I got the PSP go and I got the USB cord. It's so cute. And then, like I said, I couldn't find the, the PlayStation proprietary little brick that then goes mm-hmm. to the plug. And so then I was like, you know what? It's 2022. Some of the random ass, you know, plugs I have, they have to put that technology in there to give me enough amperage or whatever. Didn't work. I think Didn't we happen. still also we still messed up blessing, like not being able to do our um, PS move controller costumes. I think that still would have been oh, the yeah. pinnacle. The Spider-Man thing was yeah. good, but like the move thing controllers was, was, was a good move. But like, I just didn't have the. I'm not a cosplayer, right? Like, I feel like you gotta have cosplay level effort <laughs> to put in in order to like make no, two PS right. Move costumes go. Because right. unless they have it, like you know, unless they're selling PS Move costumes on Amazon, just already pre-made, I don't. You're asking a lot for me. That is fair. That is. What fair. Gonna do? We're all black do. and then a ball on my head. DRC4077 says uh, my PS5 charges my V to try it with the go. I did. It also didn't light up there. Trust me. I've put it. I have all my things over here going. Uh, Greg, I have a very important question yeah is it time for playstation updates blessing mm-hmm. it's review season and it smells like it's time for playstation updates let me give you some playstation updates let's start with the big one <laughs> uh we have our first look at playstation vr 2 uh, at least the headset uh this comes from the playstation blog barrett of course i know you're always on it so you have some images here to pull up uh that, that are already up if you're a video watcher uh this comes from the playstation blog once again uh for the psvr 2 headset we took comfort uh we took comfort a few steps further by adding new features such as a lens adjustment dial so users have an additional option to match the lens distance between their eyes to optimize their view we also created a slimmer design with a slight weight reduction even with the new the new added features such as the built the new built-in motor for the headset feedback Additionally, we've integrated a new vent design for the PSVR2 headset that we think users will enjoy, which if you're like me and Greg and you play a lot of Beat Saber, you're really going to enjoy that because you're going to have some like space to breathe. Uh, God, you're it get in gross in there. You know what I mean? It gets really disgusting in there. Uh, another treat we wanted to share, similar to the thousands of tiny PlayStation symbols we added to the design of the PS5 console and the DualSense controller, we also included tiny PlayStation symbols to the front and back bands of the PSVR2 headset to add a comfortable feel for players to enjoy. Now... I do want to get your guys' thoughts on the, um, the the look that we have here on on the PlayStation VR 2 headset. But I also want to get your guys' uh, opinions and idea of, is this thing actually going to come out in uh, 2022? Because they're talking a lot about it. Maybe. But I'm going to – if I had to bet money, I would bet no. Like, I would bet, like, they're going to say winter. And then it's like, what is winter? And they're like, it's winter is mm-hmm. whatever we want it to be. And it'll be, like, 2023. Um, but they are talking a lot about it, which is at least reassuring that – I think it's on track to be coming out soon, whether that's soon as 2023 or 2022 remains to be seen. I think there's also just like a lot of questions with what's the next chunk of time look like for PlayStation, because there is still like, you know, God of War on the horizon, which obviously like software and hardware are two different things. Like, I don't think those necessarily are in conversation with each other. And we know from history that like PlayStation's not shy about putting out multiple like very attention grabbing things at once. Like, you know, Ghost came out within like, 
a few weeks of like what was the other last of, last of us last of us right like i don't think it. they worry about yeah no, Fart I, in the wind you just forget <laughs> you know you, you block it out um some of us do at least I, I don't but anyway um i don't think they're shy about having a really stacked calendar but i think there's just like a lot of questions about what that next chunk of time looks like um so yeah i'd, I'd vote no i'd vote no but i think for blessing what do you think I so like I've been of the mind of like no it's not coming out in 2022 and that's primarily because of PS5 uh, the console shortage but the way they keep talking about PSVR too makes me think that they think it's coming out in 2022 for sure um, and it reminds me a lot of like the lead up to PS5 where it was like hey here's a logo at CES here's um, uh, Mark Cerny talking to a bunch of fake tweets. people this is what Taylor said all right we read this on the show don't wait did like Taylor original thought. Yeah, well, I I cited her back in the when, when it was happening when they put out the second thing. Not re, she didn't say it recently. It was when she did originally. Taylor Lyles, um, uh, mm-hmm. IGN.com, Of course, she came on PS uh, PS I Love You XOXO to talk about PSVR two uh, after CES. And yeah, one of her tweets had been like, "This is all getting very reminiscent of how they did PS five." Gotcha. Well, me and Taylor, people say that we're the same person all the time. We both love Life is Strange. What people though? Nobody else mm-hmm. in the podcast does. Um, but yeah, like, wait, what'd you say, Janet? <laughs> Like, what are the people, though? Because that changes things. <laughs> that, that's true. That's true. Uh, but no, like, I I mean, it, it is rem- reminiscent of, like, the PS5, it's, like, launch build-up you know, that they had there. Infamously, I on um, this very show, the day, the day they announced the name of PlayStation VR 2, I was like, I could see them not, you know, in talking about how the PlayStation 5 has struggled with, uh, you know, uh, semiconductors and getting them out and yada, yada, yada. So why do you launch a device for this so they could do that, let alone the fact that as pandemic goes on and there's a million things and components are more expensive, I could, at the time, I was like, I could even see them not doing PlayStation VR 2 at all, which was more of a foregone thing that people like to throw in my face like I meant it, like I was saying it, but whatever. Mm. I... The more that we've gotten closer, the more they've talked about it, I think they are targeting this year. And I think it honestly, the more I talk about it, it makes more sense. Of Again, this isn't a device that everyone in the world would want. Like, And I know I'm playing fast and loose with terminology, but stick with me. Everybody wants a PlayStation 5, right? They're hard to find. You probably have a friend who's still looking and still, you know, has the alerts on for Wario 64 and is trying to do it. And, is, you know, people are calling and yada, yada, yada. However, a lot of people do have the PlayStation 5, right? Like we talked about before, 10 million uh, sold, 17, 17 million plus shipped. They are out there. And they are out there to people like you, me, Blessing, and Janet, right? Of people who are PlayStation diehards, are video game diehards, who love new tech and love new experiences. So honestly, it probably makes sense that, yeah, even if you can only get out a million of these, right? And Because like, that's what PlayStation uh, VR originally did in its first shit fuck you know i'm not the numbers guy or history guy i want to say three months maybe it was the first half of the year when it launched and remember i think it was john kohler who was impressed with it or andy house andy house who was super impressed like it outkicked the covers that i thought if you put it out now and you actually have them on shelves like there is a five hundred thousand, one million, whatever it is they're gonna sell out because the people who have playstation fives are playstation fans i think too the conversation of like whether or not it's relevant that there aren't ps5s at the ready kind of went out the window when they started really pushing like the ps vr2 narrative like once they like revealed it like at ces and we're like talking more about we're like not revealed it because they had said it existed but you know like started to give more information on it and it really became clear that okay this is going to play a big part of marketing for the next couple months and you know it's either going to come out now or in 2023 is like the most likely cadence of it like that conversation of does it matter that there's like clearly they don't care and not like they don't care like they're not thinking about it or they're not mindful of it or it's not part of their process but like they are moving forward with it and the market is what the market is like i feel like they have shown 
that element of it. And for that reason, like I'm personally not taking into consideration how widespread or not widespread PS5 availability is because it does not seem relevant to like what their marketing cadence and calendar is like they seem set on putting this thing out and i don't think they're waiting for like ps5s to be more available to do it because if they were we wouldn't be having this conversation right now i well i think i I think part of it too is that they've not said when the date is yet that psvr2 is coming out and i think which is outrageous because remember if they're following the playstation 5 timeline right that would be around summertime the e3 ish time yeah yeah yeah. but i do think that still gives some wiggle, wiggle room for them to Yep. Talk about See, it the way that was planned, yep. right? And I think I think this has been the plan for for them for maybe years of like, hey, let's put out the PS5, and then the year after, uh, or I guess, God, two years after the PS5. What what year are we in? God damn, two years after the PS5 yeah. came out, let's put out PSVR two, right, and have that build up be the 2022 build up towards PSVR two. I think if I had a, if I had to guess, that's always been the plan. And what wasn't the plan was the console shortage and the chip shortage going on right now. But I also don't think that for PlayStation, who is very like, we 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 move to our own to our own beat, right? Like we're we're unfazed by competition. We do what we do and don't let anything deter us, right? I think they stick to the plan. It sounds like a fucking schedule. pep talk, like you're on the football field with PlayStation. <laughs> I know I've been listening to much. We do like what we pod. do. <laughs> um, but I think they stick to the plan as usual, and then continue to assess where if by summer things seem pretty bad for what console availability is then you pull back and go actually let's announce 2023 as opposed to 2022 but if things still look like or 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 even if they come down on the place that like console shortage is just indefinite and we're never going to get to the place where ps5s are as available where anybody can get them at any time then why are we waiting for like what are what are we holding this thing back for we might as well just put it out because i think the plan for them is to have psvr2 grow alongside the ps5 so that you don't get you don't have a vita situation where it is we launch in year four of the ps5 and now the, the psvr2 is caught in between two consoles um i think i think that kind of speaks death to it i think the earlier you get it out in the console cycle the better and they just have to deal with the unfortunate situation or circumstance of the the console shortage and so with that i think their plan is 2022 i think it comes out 2023 spring at the latest but i still i'm still like not convinced about 2022 if they did 2022 it's wild to think of like two horizon games coming out technically in one year yeah and the, did they say I, launch for horizon call of the mountain no but you have remember? to imagine no but like yeah like i feel like that'd be if they're not launching with call of the mountain i feel like they'll be launching with something that they haven't like I, I imagine we call the mountain because they've already talked about it. Like if Here they we were going to do Astro two, I feel like they would have led with that. But mm. I was going to say know. Astro I mean, two, but that's a good point. But the Astro two yeah. is like appeals again to us. If you're trying to get the headline on IGN in people's eyes, you'd say Horizon. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's the Astro... same way of like when they when they're like, hey, here when you when they're like the next thing we want to uh, let's talk about our next PlayStation VR experience and the lights go down or it's a state of play and it cuts and it's the Naughty Dog logo, people are gonna lose their fucking yeah. minds. You know? Yeah. What I mean? No, you're right. I mean, I, I can't pretend that like Aloy doesn't have more cachet than Astro, but like Astro has cachet. Like, dude, I, I love Astro. Know. I'm not talking shit, Astro. If you're I listening, wonder though. Yeah, yeah, Astro. Kind of I, show. I, I also um, think there's a readiness thing there too. Of like, are you gonna have Horizon ready for launch versus a new Astro game? And I think chances are i would think that maybe you have a new horizon ready because like astro but we got astro's playroom last year at the, the team asobi yes team asobi. Asobi. i always want to call them asobo so was the other studio that yep. makes uh, the playing game um team asobi right like what are they working on are they working on something vr are they working on something console are they working on both like how much uh, uh space and bandwidth do they have to actually have something ready for launch right like i think as playstation you take what you can get at launch but you do i think on the marketing side you do lead with horizon because horizon 
I out of all of their big first party IP, whether they have a God of War or Naughty Dog, whatever VR game, I'm sure Horizon is going to come earliest, which is why they announced it first. Um, but I don't think that like necessarily discounts something like an Astrobot or something that is oh yeah, yeah. Um, okay. like VR centric coming out at launch, and then Horizon comes out three months later or something. I think too, so much of like what launch for this looks like and what like the hype around launch looks like is contingent on whether or not there's backwards compatibility, which people are like wishing slash assuming slash wishing. There that better I, be. I don't think there's there going to be. be. I, 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 I doubt it so heavily. Why? Well, you doubt it'll happen just because like yeah. technologically you don't no, think it'll yeah, happen. Yeah, no, because really? of the lack of the camera. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't the? Wouldn't the answer be that it's backwards compatible? If you're playing something with the camera, you need to get the camera. Or if you need something with a light bar, you, you have to sync your DualShock 4 or something. I think it's just so inherently different where it's like, do you want people to associate PSVR 2 with the PlayStation Move and like busting out a PlayStation camera, which well, already like needs that's... an adapter to work on the PS5? <laughs> I really <laughs> like, thought Janet was going to hold up her two Move ones. She held a, no, a Vita and a PSP. Because, no, because that's like so much of the, v, you know, like even just like y'all's episode, you know, like predates me of the best Vita games. Like you talk about games that are available on the PSP, which is fair and fine. But I think... It's, like, so weird because on one hand, like, I think just, like, in the context of this episode of talking about the PS Vita, like, the the idea of PSVR 2 being, like, a niche thing, I just feel like history is repeating itself, not in a bad way. Like, I think I want it to be backwards compatible because I feel like there are a lot of people or a, a, a good chunk of the audience that maybe, like, would be getting PSVR 2 that didn't have PSVR 1 or even me that I, that I had PSVR 1. Like, I didn't play everything on it either. I played a couple of games and that's it. Um, yeah, I think it'd be advantageous to have it. Like, I, I, I do want to I do, have it. No, I do want to clarify too what let, I mean. Let me clarify like, it before because I'm not. This is just a factoid thing that I do yeah, see. Yeah. Some yeah. War Machine in the chat is pointing out PSVR two has inside out tracking, which is and I was I threw out the camera thing. I'm aware that P, if you're not aware, PSVR two has inside out tracking. Barrett, if you throw the thing back up, that means those dots you see are the cameras, which means that you are then no longer having to re- rely on a PlayStation camera being on your TV. What I was saying for backwards compatibility, I would say that yes, it's backwards compatible, and there's an asterisk that if you want that, it means you have to have the new PlayStation camera, and you have to have you know, blah blah blah. There's a bunch of different asterisks for it. I'm not saying the cameras on the current PlayStation VR two supplement that. I'm saying for backwards compatibility, you'd have to plug in the camera. Blessing yeah. to you. So the clarification I want to make is yeah, because like I I do think that the, the disconnect would be the fact that PSVR two has inside out tracking versus what PSVR one was operating on, and like for the tracking to work, you would have to have like the lights, you would have to have like the move controllers, you would have to have a lot of a lot of the things, which I think for what PSVR two would be a lot of hoops to jump 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 through to uh, make uh, backwards compatibility work, which already just isn't like a priority for PlayStation. But also I think that doesn't mean that things like Beat Saber or other VR games won't won't work. I think the big VR games that are on PlayStation uh, that are on PlayStation have versions that are on Oculus and other platforms that do have inside out tracking. I think those games would just require updates or PSVR2 versions and I think that becomes easy because inside out tracking Are those versions free things. if you already have the other one? Oh, <laughs> you're asking a lot for PlayStation. Cuz I mean that's uh, that, that, that to be. My whole thing with this and then people are calling me they're not calling out. They're asking the questions. Uh, Katana SD says, but the new headset doesn't have anything to track. Can't, the, the camera doesn't have anything for the camera to track. Right. I'm talking about, as I mentioned earlier, having to sync a different controller to have the light bar for it. For your head, I think there'd be some kind of stuff in the background to be able to make the inside out tracking work for that device to take over that part. And I know that sounds crazy, but remember when we've had this conversation before, talking about replacing the move wands with the new controllers, we were like, we don't know if that's tough or not. And a VR developer wrote in to say, it's actually not that tough. It would be easy, easy in quotes to do, not like a push of a button. Yeah, whatever. I, I yeah. guess there was that in between of like having a couple of the hits get ported. Because admittedly, you know, if like, 
just my own experience, which is not everyone's, but like I'm sure a few people relate to this. The games that I didn't play on PSVR one, like I maybe didn't care to as much. Not that they weren't good games, but like they did not draw me in in the era that I was playing PSVR one. So I don't think I'd necessarily mourn for that if I had enough new things and interesting things to like keep my attention for PSVR 2 and make it feel like I'm actually really getting something out of my PSVR 2 experience. I think without like ports or backwards compatibility that I I struggle to imagine a world where that library will like satiate the common fan in the sense of like I think you need at least a couple things. Like you think of PS5 and like so many of those things weren't necessarily exclusive. Like there haven't been that many specific PS5 exclusive games, but there's enough there that you feel like you if you are all in on PS5, you're having a time, you're having a good time and it's new stuff even if it's not exclusive stuff. And I think that that feeling is really important to I, capture. I also think PSVR 2 though for PlayStation is a fresh start for VR where I think in terms of library, uh, which is what we're talking about, right? Like, you know, you buy a PS5 knowing that you can play PS4 games, and that makes it a more comfortable purchase, having, like, the PS Plus collection and all that stuff. Whereas for PSVR 2, PSVR 1 was already so niche compared to the rest of the PlayStation audience that if you cut away those PlayStation VR 1 games or, like, just kept them on PSVR 1, I don't think you have as many complaints. And also, I think you do, you do have an opportunity to make uh, the games like Beat Saber or the other, like, Tetris Effect or whatever the other popular VR sure. games are you you make those better by giving them the like the modern um uh, the, versions with the uh, here's my thing and the new features i think that the technology and the platform is so in its infancy that that's why backwards compatibility works of like cool we've sold so many playstation 5s we want you all in a playstation vr because like we're all in the same boat of like we love our playstation vr we don't play it ever anymore you know what i mean but like we loved it and we enjoyed it and like i'd buy another one but I'm sure there's the people on the opposite side of that coin that did buy it, didn't love it, and don't want to buy it again. So they're trying to entice people to go in there. Maybe the middle ground is this, where the hurdles I'm throwing out that I'm like, they're not that hard. They are that hard, and people don't want to go patch them and make them and make it work and make how the camera, the tr- the uh, the new PlayStation Five cam is only tracking the move ones and not pay- and like there's a million things that I don't I'm, I don't have I'm I just don't have the technology technological know how for. But perhaps they do it like uh, the playstation 5 instant library thing they did right where it is all right cool this is not backwards compatibility compatible but if you buy playstation v even if you don't if you just want to redeem them on your playstation 5 playstation plus members get access to 10 re-releases of playstation oh, yeah. vr games that are it's, it's iron man it's walking dead saints and sinners it's beat saber Monster. here are games that will work with your playstation vr that are the greatest hits of playstation or your vr2 that are the greatest hits of playstation vr1 we're bringing them over this way because you it is correct of like is the market big enough that people would then be offended that they don't have those games but if you bring over the top 10 whatever that you say are the top 10 and that that's are and the, that's the thing too is like how many when we're talking about the greatest hits of playstation vr1 how many games are we talking about i could probably name most of them and i think with that each of those games could probably get some kind of update that could make them backwards compatible through yeah like giving them the inside out tracking or like porting the versions that are available on Oculus to uh, PSVR. And yeah, making that a PS plus collection situation, I think would be, be a stroke of brilliance where it's like, cool, you buy a PSVR two and you get access to Moss beat saber. Yeah. Um, uh, and like all the other, all the uh, Astrobot uh, Iron rescue Man. mission, yeah. Iron Man, like all that stuff that people um, like Bob's on TV in the chat says, lol, nobody wants walking dead VR in 2022. I, I, I disagree. Like, I think that walking dead saints and center is a great game. And I think there's been enough conversation about being a great game that if you bought a PlayStation VR two, you'd be like, you know what? This is there and it's I free. I want and to cool. have the option. Here's the yeah. thing. It's all about options and illusions. Like the yep. reality is not everyone is playing everything all the yep. time, but 
sometimes it does feel bad as a consumer to not have the option to play those things and the feeling of like that you're missing out on something. And I think that's kind of what if PSVR 2, whether it's reporting or backwards compatibility, can carry forward that feeling that I'm not losing stuff, that you're not like holding out on me, even though like I don't really like using that phrase because it's a very like entitled idea and I don't really like pushing that forth in you know the space but at the same time like as a consumer you want stuff right like the idea of consumer being a consumer is that you are consuming like the content and that you want to have it so I think even if I wouldn't play you know the walking dead saints and sinners the fact that I'd have it I'm like okay like it's not and also I I mean when your library is first starting out like you want to have a base I'm buying I'm buying the headset I'm buying horizon because I'm a huge horizon fan and I'm getting these 10 games of which three I'd like to play Two, I've heard of great things about, and then the rest, I'm like, mm, I don't know, but maybe I'll try those five at some point. That's the thing, yeah, is like when you when you have that bucket of ten games, they can give anybody, right? Like, different people are going to have three different games that they call out, and so like for kebabs, you'll buy it and you go, I want to play Moss Beat Saber and um, Trover Saves the Universe, whereas like somebody else sees it and goes, I want to play Walking Dead beat saber because it's always beat saber and then some other third <laughs> game, uh, and I think I think that is a good sell, honestly. Like I think it's exactly how you guys put it. But enough about PlayStation VR 2. Let's talk about Uncharted, specifically the Uncharted movie, which is a huge success. I'm pulling from Anthony Alessandro at Deadline, who writes, Sony's 106.4 million global box office weekend for Uncharted was another reminder to a streaming-obsessed entertainment industry that the tried-and-true business model of theatrical features still works and that there's an audience for them. Uncharted was supposed to do $30 million over four days at the domestic box office. It wound up doing $51 million, sending its current Current worldwide take to $139 million. Keywords in Rothman's note below is that he's already declared Uncharted a quote, new hit movie franchise, end quote. The deadline article specifically is about like streaming versus theater, which I don't necessarily want to get into on this podcast. <laughs> I did want to I did want to point out the fact that you do have a uh, what they're calling a new hit movie franchise in Uncharted. And I wanted to know from you guys, like, one, do you see this as being like a the big step for PlayStation Productions and like what their future of uh, uh, of green lighting and pro- producing movies becomes. Uh, and two, what PlayStation movie you want? Janet, you go first. Do I see this as the next big step? Uh, yes and no. I guess if I have to pick one and not be like you know a punk ass bitch, I guess I'd say uh, yes in the sense that if they if they're seeing like commercial success and they want to keep feeding into it, then sure. Um, movie I'd want, The Last of Us. I know it's already going to be an HBO show, but like I like the story and the grittiness of The Last of Us, and I think it translates really well to film in the sense that it's already a very cinematic experience versus like the people who are like, you're not going to say Jack and Daxter with like the rumors of the Jack and Daxter stuff, but I'm like, I mean, I'll watch it because why not? But like, I don't, I'm not vying for like a cinematic like 90 yeah, minutes to two hours Ratchet of that. Plank. I don't want them to do that to Jack and Daxter, you know? Yeah, like, and I, you know, I just, Maybe I'd still see it, but I wouldn't be, like, excited about it in the way that I would be for, like, A Last of Us or something like that. Um, yeah, so that's my—I think that's the only question you had, right? Like, that was— like, <laughs> the the next, What other yeah, other game you want? Oh, what <laughs> other one would I want? Yeah, Last of Us, I think. Um, but that's kind of like—I don't know. It's like a that, boring HBO. answer. Yeah, like, I, so yeah, isn't Last of Us—I don't did, know. Did you, Janet, did you, you see like the entire movie? No, I'm— st- <laughs> Did you God see damn, did you see I'm the so... opening cinematic? Like, not Everybody, the opening cinematic, but like when we I saw put the a... trailers. 
I am saving it for when I finish four with my brother, and then I want us both to go because. And then if it's already in streaming, then I'll just watch it at home. Everybody but. who when we tweeted about going or did the review, everybody's like, "You should have fucking made Janet come up. <laughs> you should have paid. You should have made Janet go watch Honestly, this movie." Honestly, I mean, hey, if you're gonna like pay for the plane, like sure, why not? Or if you're just gonna get, quick pay me the the money for the AMC ticket, like why say, not? Tom but, Holland very likable as Nathan Drake. Here's yeah, here's Tom my Tom thing. Holland. Blessing out of you, even though he's trying real hard to be American actor this time around. Everyone, I'm excited to see the movie and see what I think of it as a film. But it's so funny, like in the lead up of the Uncharted movie, people being like, "This just looks like a basic." action film i'm like girl i hate to tell you but that's what the game is like what are you talking about <laughs> like that has been the game for like however many years it's been out um but yeah I'll, I'll just watch i'm gonna watch it for the culture of my like it's not even a completionist run because i'm not doing all this stuff but like my run through the like Your, i'm trying to review it's been going on for like seven years now in my life but i'm almost done so i'm sure I'm you are sure it. you are keep telling yourself yeah. that it's almost mm-hmm. over yeah greg about you I really liked it. You know, we did, of course, there's a review up youtube.com slash kind of funny. You can get the kind of funny screencast uh, episode about Uncharted. I, yeah, you know, on the kind of funny scale, I gave it a four out of five. I said it was great. Like, I had a great wow. time with it. I, I like, and like, would I also put, you know, I mean, like, it's not like this scale fucking matters, or whatever, right? I'm using it through the Greg lens of like, I don't like action flicks. Like, I historically get really bored really quickly. And I thought Tom Holland was awesome in this. I think it opens with a bang. I thought it went really interesting places. I like the twists. I like Chloe. I like the, the, how that all went. There was jokes that made me laugh out loud. Like, my bar for enjoying an action movie isn't high, I feel. So, like, I had a great time with it. Like, is it, you know, fucking Citizen Kane or whatever? No, of course not. Is anything? I don't know. Okay, honestly, <laughs> Citizen, Citizen Kane, Kane, like, y'all need to come down. Like, do you like Citizen it's Kane fine. or did you just have to watch it in intro to film studies? Well, like, well, listen, well you, want, you want to tell me the ending twist of Rosebud didn't blow your mind? I mean, it's nice, but like, so what? Like, again, like, God, who was the person that put up a poll about that? Like, that was me. Two it was me. Ago? I, it I was think you? it was. Oh my God. I did. What was the better twist what? between Rosebud and Hail Hydra? And Jared Petty almost killed me. Blessing? I mean, I you're loved... right, though. You're right. You're right. Yeah, right. Of, of all the times that you were like chaotic online, that was like my favorite because it was so specific and it was so like egging on a certain. It was me being like, how like, can I get was... people mad today? For sure. But no, like, but so, honestly, hail Hydra! I was, I voted, I voted right, like how as my that? democratic American right. I voted, and I put hail Hydra for that because I think hail Hydra might have won. Honestly, if I look back, of at course that it did because it's better. They, yeah, Martin Scorsese, you, it's time for you to die and leave the movies to us. All right, it's time. Let's get out of our way. Or did you have was to study it? Nah, he's the one who's always like, you know, he doesn't like the Marvel movies. Oh yeah, yeah, But yeah, like, anyways, go for it, go for it. Uncharted was a lot of fun. I'm super excited for it to, to see the next one. And I think even for, in the review, it seemed like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Blessing, even, I think everybody else gave it a three and said it was okay. Yeah. But like everybody seemed to be like, I'd be down for another one. Like Kevin oh, for yeah. sure. Like, oh, I'd be interested in another one. Like I think every scale for an action movie is different or just a movie is different. Like they're yeah, not like, like, I, I- I gave it like goal. a, I gave an an okay right, which is like on our scale three out of five. And like when you you know you talking about like you're not like a big action person, right? Like I kind of relate it to what would I give a five and what would I give a four? Sure. And for me, like a four would be the Fast and Furious movies and what those do in action, and a five would be Mission Impossible franchise and like I what, wish. Like, I wish we would have had the fucking scale. I wish we would have had the fucking scale for this on that last Fast and Furious because I would have made Tim's head spin. I was so fucking bored in that last movie. Get the fuck out of here. I mean, the last one, yeah. I feel that. F9 was not great. But like, yeah, like for a great Fast and Furious movie. (laughs) In the the chat, Rickman 1090. What the fuck did Martin Scorsese do? (laughs) <laughs> for a good for a good mission impossible right like mission impossible fall i was like for me a five out of five action this film. is where but again, I, I wish i could know out, but like, I, I have 
I have ethics, all right? I wish I could tell you about Mission Impossible Fallout, but I will never watch a Mission Impossible film because they ruined the Justice League. Now, granted, what? it turned out Joss Whedon ruined the Justice League, but the fact that they wouldn't, let Henry, they wouldn't let Henry Cavill shave his mustache, I am on permanent protest in the Mission Impossible series, all right? Now, granted, I've never seen any of them, but even that was when I was uh, like, never, never once. Mission Impossible is like maybe one of my favorite action There's some fun stuff there. I fucking love Mission Impossible, but like that's aside from the point, right? Uncharted doesn't need to be those. Like Uncharted doesn't need to be Mission Impossible or fucking Fast and Furious right i think it coming out and being okay is fine because that's what we expected it to be but then also it coming out and seemingly killing it uh in terms of numbers and box office i think that speaks good for the future of it because like i think that then lets it grow into sure. and hopefully end up being with uncharted 2 or uncharted 3 talking about the movies not the games those end up being the fours out of fives that like we didn't expect that like grow into something uh, uh big and cool uh but then also like coming back to the playstation productions conversation of it like i'm excited about the idea of them continuing to do this and putting out cool interesting Dude, uh movies what do like you want? Ghost, the Colossus? ghost of tsushima yeah like that'd be so cool right like ghost of tsushima like i in the cinematic thing that is like new for the movies the playstation productions opening logo that looks like the playstation studios thing but with movies instead like it starts off with aloy and her um focus and like it pings out and like shows these other other playstation franchises and i found that to be very interesting because it's the thing of like is this signaling at what they're thinking that uh, what their next movies or big film tv franchise franchises are gonna be and if that's the case like i'd be totally down for a horizon um, I could see I a Horizon thing. Series. I mean, yeah. there's I think Tomb really cool. Raider movies. Like, I think that's obviously they're not like a one to one. It's funny because Tomb Raider, Uncharted, and then Horizon. It's kind of like this big, like hodgepodge of action adventure experiences. But I think those are the things that probably translate best to film outside of high drama. Which is why, like, my throw of The Last of Us is like I consider that to be like a very you know there's like dramatic moments in that that i think would translate well yeah. to that and but, last yeah last of us as an hbo show i feel like is such a perfect fit for the tone yes. of that series and like what you can do with something like that long form whereas horizon i would view as like a like hungry games or like lord of the rings or like a harry potter something that feels universe building but has like a, a specific story that is telling through each of its, of its entries and like when you when you are a movie as opposed to a tv show i think that lets you do certain things with the budget and like going hard in terms of creating these robot machines and the outfits and like all that stuff i think would be so good for horizon um but also like i love that in the playstation productions opening logo cinematic they have astrobot in there and i'm like <laughs> what the fuck do you think you're gonna do with astrobot with Look, playstation production is like the mascot that's the thing like all right, Sam Boy's in there too, Jack, and he's got he's something cute. to say about that. Yeah, it's like, bro, Astro's but like, you know, could you imagine a little uh, little big planet like cartoon that is like Cuphead show, but it's a little big planet sure. or Sack or um, Astro? He has five launch, good games. Astro's done nothing wrong. I don't know why what he has to do more to warrant the respect that he deserves. I, I, I res wait, wait, for, wait, what do you? I respect Astro. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> Janet. We're both on the same podcast. Blessing does not respect Astrobot. We're well aware of that. I've seen Astro for years. I fucking loved Astrobot Rescue Mission. I'm just saying, what does Astro have to say on the big screen? And I'm excited to see. I'm excited I don't to know. see what has to I say. I feel like no on one needs screen. to say anything to talk on the big screen, is the thing. So why mm. not? Let Astro take his piece of the pie. Why not? Final PlayStation update for you here. Uh, Shadow Warrior is launching on PlayStation Now. Uh, <gasps> is this a preview for what's coming with PlayStation Project Spartacus? Uh, of course, I got this. This was announced this morning. I'm pulling specifically from Warrior 64, who tweeted out that it's launching in like uh, on March 1st with a link to the actual listing. But uh, this is an interesting one because, as far as I can remember, this might be the first game that at launch is coming out on playstation now Ooh. i don't think we've had another game 
come out at launch on PlayStation think, Now. You can yeah. be wrong me in chat. But they're always like small. I mean, I think I think they're rarities, if not, but like they're definitely rare. I think we definitely have had. So when he said Virtual Fighter Five, that came out on PlayStation Plus. If you're talking about the oh, one PlayStation last year. Now, are you saying PlayStation oh, yeah. Now? Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. Um, there has to be something else. But also, it's interesting seeing like something. The and idea this is of, a like, game. Watching on PlayStation Now when it's PlayStation Now is like kind of probably out the door with like Spartacus. So somebody it is said GTA Three Remaster that came out two months later on PlayStation mm-hmm. Now. They didn't launch on PlayStation. True. Now. Fucking but like what Shadow Wars, come with the fucking facts, you know. I'm saying, like, what do you got, guys? I've been I'm, I've been hosting on a PlayStation podcast for two years. Think I don't know what I'm talking about? Come and on, we know he hates Miles Morales and Astrobot. No, I, I love like one of those. Someone in chat things, was right? like, "I hate Astrobot." Dash, <laughs> God damn it. Um, but yeah, like Shadow Warrior Three is a game that like I know I'm looking forward to. Like it's a game that Shadow Warriors One and Two. It'll bear, uh, not bear. Sorry, Emmett Watkins Jr. fucking loves Shadow Warrior Two. I played a lot of Shadow Warrior One and thought that that game, speaking of mid, uh, was mid. But like Shadow Warrior Three, in the way that they're showing it, looks like it's taking a lot of inspiration from Doom and like a lot of modern first person shooters and it looks really cool uh and it's like you know it's a devolver digital first person shooter i think the fact that it's coming out on playstation now day and date it's pretty cool like pretty uh, i won't say monumental but it is like worth noting especially coming up on these project spartacus things of like was this a conversation that was happening for spartacus was this going to launch later did this end up just like falling through the cracks and them going well we still want to launch it for free on the platform like i wonder what that is like what the methodology is um here behind this but I mean, I'd be a little surprised if there wasn't like Spartacus stuff that was day and date. I just think like when we talk about the conversation of will Spartacus be day and date, like holistically thinking of first party, I think the answer is pretty clearly no, or at least the prediction answer is no. And like, it seems like that fits the ethos. But yeah, I'd like and I would guess that there would be a few titles that would be there from the beginning. Well, now it's time. For PlayStation picks, of course. This oh, is I'm just trying to. I'm trying to fact check because people are still coming oh, at the, you about this GTA Definitive Edition. Yeah, GTA stuff. Three no, came out a month later. Uh, it's definitely the later. Remastered trilogy came yeah, out in November. Yeah. Three came out in December. I'm looking yeah. at a PlayStation yeah. blog. Come right on, guys. Now. So yeah. just to be clear, because right we're now. live on Twitch, usually you can watch us live YouTube.com/slash Kind of Funny Games. No, no, you usually watch Patreon. us live at Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games. Linky Dragoon, you said GTA Three definitively did launch on PlayStation Now. It wasn't that it didn't. It, you're saying launched day and date is the argument. Seems like yeah. you're wrong, and so what we need you to do is gift five subs. That's your punishment. All right, thank yep, you. There you go. Thank you. Don't come at me. Anyways, right. uh, back to your, where we were talking about this. You hope that this is a preview of Spartacus, right? You hope that this is what Spartacus becomes. That like it's a whatever add on to PlayStation Plus, a few more dollars, and then if they're doing stuff like this on a consistent basis, I think it justifies anybody who doesn't want to be using PlayStation now for older games, but does want the free game that comes with it every so often or launches with it. Why not? Yeah, like I think that's the way to Linky do it. Linky Dragoon did it. Wait, You're like, unbanned. You Congratulations. Yeah. Okay, oh, thank you. Shout out to Linky Dragoon. Wow, look at that. Uh, but yeah, like I think that is one of the big selling points of something like Game Pass, where you know I don't expect PlayStation first party, at least the big first party stuff, to appear day and date on Project Spartacus. But if you can get like really cool projects, right? If you can get the level of even the PS Plus drops that we've been getting in the last year, where it is yeah. like you know operate well you know operation tango was kind of small but like dude operation tango the hit like I mean, it was cool. good it was good but like i don't think it would be like the wave that you need for playstation uh it wouldn't now. be the wave but i actually think that like to me because i know we're not gonna get the heavy hitters like them surfacing something like operation tango was so much more valuable because it's something that wouldn't be personally on my radar necessarily they put on like, my that's radar not that i like love spartacus 
No, yeah, you're right. You're right. But it's the not promise bigger, of like, it could, right? I mean, like if you have a few different things that are bigger, yeah. big double A games, and then you have this actual drip of like, here's this cool shit. Too, if it's a discovery tool, sure. Part of what I look towards like publishers to do is to like try to surface that stuff. Like obviously I, I think we all do a level of work of looking into what's going to be like the next dope indie game that's going to come out that maybe people aren't going to notice that we can try to surface because one, it's good. And two, it's fun to give that highlight to someone that's a little bit smaller. But like, to me, like PlayStation now doing that, like that's them at their best. Like you don't need I mean, to tell me that like a good game that I already know of an IP that I know of is good. Like you being able to surface something that's smaller that I wouldn't have noticed, I think is so much more viable and so much more interesting than you I think it has to be the a, next Uncharted game. I think it has to be a mixture, right? Because I think like PlayStation oh, yeah. theoretically want to be able to surface good games on their platform, like smaller games that we might not have heard of. But at the same time, they do want to sell Project Spartacus. And I think what we've seen yeah. in PlayStation Plus the last year, I think has a good mixture of you've had the things like um, uh, Control Ultimate Edition, correct me if I'm wrong, chat, uh, come out on PlayStation Plus. You've had, uh, you've even had like Destruction All-Stars and like uh, Oddworld, Abe's, not Abe's Odyssey, Oddworld, Soulstorm come out mm-hmm. on PlayStation Plus and like you know not necessarily games that weren't necessarily hits but games that were coming out day and date that were new and were being advertised as like hey these were on the PlayStation presentation like we want right. to market these games and we want to create reasons Operation for you Spartacus Tango but then let's also enough. put out Operation Tango yeah Operation Tango was enough to like carry Spartacus as much as I love that game but I think having like that back and forth like it's funny looking at like the ps vita like highest sales charts right they're the usual suspects like the high ips like the very popular franchises but i think having that extra stuff is sort of the secret sauce of making something that's viable and interesting and fun to talk about so i i think that's really what i look forward towards in what they have to put out there well now it's time for PlayStation picks. Of course, this is where you highlight a few of the cool-looking games coming to PSN this week. Of course, you got the big hitters being Destiny 2, The Witch Queen. That's coming out for PS5 and PS4 Tuesday, February 22nd. Uh, Remember, I'm playing it right after this if you're watching live later on YouTube.com slash plays. Uh, I'm jealous of that. I wish I was playing, but I got important things to do. Uh, we got Elden Ring coming out PS5, PS4, Friday, February 25th. And then Grid Legends Ooh. is coming to PS5, PS4, Friday, <laughs> February 25th. Interesting uh, for Elden Ring. You didn't say you wish you were playing that. I mean, I do. Yeah. Why would you? Why are you the way that you are? Yeah, why are you the way you are? Great. Anyway, what else is happening? Um, we got Soul Crest though, which is our first PlayStation pick. That's coming out for PS4 on Tuesday, February twenty second. Soul Cresta. Rise like the Phoenix and take back the sun. Neoclassic shooting strikes back. Dock, split, and form up. Pilot three fighters and take back the sun from the clutches of evil. In this freeform shooting game with the spirit of 80s shooting classics. Moon Cresta and Terra Cresta. If you don't remember this one, I think this one was, this was the one that was announced by Platinum Games on April Fool's Day. Everybody everybody thought it was April Fool. Turns out it wasn't. <laughs> everyone thought this was an April Fool's. It was like when they announced uh, Yakuza like a dragon, like the different fighting thing. And they're like, ah, yeah. Good one, and then it became a thing. They're like, no, for yeah. real. Like, this is the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the game. Um, and like, you know, it looks cool. Obviously, it's a throwback to uh, classic shmups, and like, um, specifically to Moon Cresta and Terra Cresta. And so, if you're a big Cresta fan, boom, there you go. Uh, and then we also got Monarch coming to PS5 and PS4 on Tuesday, February 22nd. Could you face yourself in the threats around you to save the ones you love? Shin Mikado Academy is engulfed in a madness-inducing mist, and only you can save everyone inside. Develop your ego 
to break the pacts set by the pact bearers and remove the corrupting mist. This is one that um, is worked on by people who formerly worked on a series like Shin Megami Tensei, and it very much has Shin Megami Tensei vibes. I think it has some personal it vibes has the in there too. In it, very I different think. games, obviously, yeah, Barrett. Yeah. Mm, yeah, very different games. <laughs> Never allowed to, con- uh, you know, uh, compare uh, Shin Megami Tensei. How dare we to to anything Persona? Related. Oh my god! Uh, very, very I, I was, different. Never to be do petty it. for a second, right? Because who's gonna listen to this deep in the podcast? The there was that game. <laughs> <laughs> if you're here, you're a family. We don't have to worry about. We're the pull punch. If you're here, you're not gonna slander me on the on the internet. Okay. Um, there was a game that Atlas announced on a few days ago. What was it called? Soul Crusher. I don't know if you caught this, Barrett. Soul Crusher. It was yeah, something, like something that. Michael Hyams into. You better ask him. Yeah. Well, no, like I so 3 a.m. when they announced it, because I think they're working off Japan time, I hear like bangs, and then I hear Michael be like, oh, let's fucking go. And I wake up at 3 a.m. and I'm like, what's going on? And I look to Twitter real quick and I see that Atlas said announced some like random shit. Soul like, hackers. Hackers. Thank you, that makes sense. Soul hackers. Soul, ha- soul hackers to you. I got so close to retweeting that and quote tweeting it and being like I'm gonna I'm gonna compare this to Persona Five when it comes out, uh, but I didn't because I like being the bigger person, person bear. You know, I like except being the for here, person. no, dude. Except for petty, right now, being petty as fuck, <laughs> yeah. especially when it comes to the SMT fan base. You know what I'm saying, bless. Yes, I didn't say all that. Now you're just targeting people. All right, I love the SMT fan base. Hey, very before good. we get out of here, they targeted hates us. Hates they targeted Asher, us. Hates Miles. There you go, Janet. What you been playing? Uh, I've been working on the Horizon Platinum, which Ooh, is it's funny because I'm I don't know. Like I, so I've looked at like the trophies, obviously, but like I'm sort of just going with it. Like I don't think I necessarily need 100 percent of the game to get all the trophies, but I'm just like Correct. going towards stuff that seems interesting, like doing the you know hunters' lodges that I miss, doing the like side quests that I, like, I was interested in because I like the core characters that were attached to them, and I'm just kind of periodically checking in on some of the trophies. Like I have. I've definitely been utilizing the trophy checker feature where I have like the next level I have to hit, like I think it's 50, um, like pinned on there. And I have a couple like random things on there, but I'm kind of just going. And then I don't know. It's nice. You know, it's been a, a very heavy uh, review season, as some would say. Yeah. And just being able to have like a little bit of freedom to do things like, you know, obviously I'm excited for like Elden Ring's launch. I'm going to dip into that. But like just having a little bit of space is like so novel which is really weird because normally like the fall is when we get like slammed really hard with releases but like this came so quickly that i'm just like okay i'm done now now i'm coming out for air what do i want to do and like i really just want to play more horizon i've been really enjoying that platinum run um tbd on what else i'll do you know i've been very slowly chipping away at home in the background and like other things like other indie games um but right now yeah i'm all on horizon i'm having a good time with it and i'm liking it um even more as i keep playing it and getting to like test out some of the skills that maybe i haven't built as much like i'm finally building up that melee skill tree soon and and seeing what that has to offer so uh yeah that's what i've been playing yeah for me i have on my list here redacted redacted and redacted uh and then horizon where, yeah yeah i know right so much to talk about it's, it's very easy to do these if not review review season podcasts uh and yeah i'm chipping away at the horizon stuff too i'm probably way behind where you are right now because i think i only got that one day with mike but i continue to be impressed with how much i love that game like I, it's even playing other things now that i'm enjoying or maybe not enjoying uh i'm stoked to get back to horizon like i, I have such fun stuff for it. uh barrett you wrote in here you put closing in on the credits of horizon what's going on with that uh, yeah, I wanted to give it its fair shake. Um, when, uh, you know, the review embargo came up, I was, uh, only like eight or so hours into it and I, I didn't know how I really felt about it. Uh, feeling definitely more negative than most of the review crew did. And yeah, now I'm, I'm 
almost 25 hours in, I'm about to get to a certain area that I know is kind of like, hey, like you're getting to the you're getting to the end end stuff here. I think I only have like uh, maybe four mainline quests uh, left. Um, so yeah, I it's been a roller coaster. Like uh, just to put my overall th- feelings on it, to not spend too much time like. A lot of the times on the kind of funny scale, I feel like it's a, a three out of five. There are some moments I, I would give it like a four out sure. of five. Uh, I, I, like I just did a side quest this morning that I was like frustrated throughout. But then at the end of the side quest, I was like, oh, fuck. I actually like in like um, it paid I'm off. glad that like I did this because the ending kind of paid off, even though I was frustrated as fuck fighting some of the enemies uh, here and there. So I'm I'm not regretting my time with it. I'd be very surprised I think it'd be a weak year for me personally if this ends up even very like even on my top ten list at the end of the year. Wow! wow. I, I wow. Yeah, it's. I think it, it falls under a lot of open world, uh, very open world trappings that I don't think a lot of people pay attention to because I think it has the polish of a PlayStation first party studio game. Okay. Wow. Blessing, what you been playing? Uh, I'm playing a lot of Redacted, yeah, um, sure. which could be many things. Of course, you know, obviously, um, you know, there's a lot of games to come out next month. Like uh, Persona 4 Arena Ultimax could be that. Uh, Are you playing the be... Redacted mobile game that I'm playing? No, I'm not. It's not mobile. No, no, oh, okay. no, no. I'm mobile in it, but like, no, it's not a mobile game. Shadow sure. Warrior Three, it could be that. Uh, GTA Five <laughs> comes out for next gen. I'm playing a lot of King of Fighters 15. Also, uh, we streamed that last week, me and Mike, and I've been having a lot of fun with it. It is. <clears throat> I want to do like. Uh, or like find a place to review. Maybe like, maybe I could review it here. Uh, to, like to put it on the fi- kind of funny scale because like I I got really into that game and like I'm not a King of Fighters person. I've historically, I've not been a King of Fighters person, right? Like obviously I like fighting games, but King of Fighters is one that like I've found it in the past difficult to get into, and I think that that's partly because I um I compared to something like Street Fighter or Marvel's Capcom where it is 2D. It is like a you know, switch out your character, except, like, you can't manually switch it out. Your character has to die for you to switch out to the next. It's, like, hold back to block, all that stuff, right? That is, like, more comparable to a Street Fighter or an MVC, which typically are the games that I'm pretty bad at. You know, I prefer a Tekken or a Arc System Works type fighting game. But King of Fighters 15, playing it, I'm like, dude, this game is way more accessible or approachable, I should say, actually, uh, than what I would have imagined. Like, jumping into it, it has an auto-combo system where you can just, like, tap square and you're getting in the combos that uh, you need to to, like, you know, uh, uh, nail down your opponent. And, like, that stuff helps. The character roster is pretty great. Like, there's a lot of diversity in the character roster in terms of the kind of characters you're playing as, where, like, um, the team I've been rocking with, which has actually been, like, I've been varying up my team a lot, but the team I've been rocking with lately is um, a character named Angel, who's like all melee, right? All up close and personal. A character named Luong, who like has like long range like attacks, and then a character uh, named Isla, who has like um, like throwable attacks with like she's like a paint can character or a, not a paint can. She's a spray paint uh, uh, graffiti artist character gotcha. that like almost looks like she's from Splatoon or some shit. Uh, so I've been using those three a lot, and I've been like Listening? jumping. I've been jumping all over. If you like Splatoon. Janet, let me tell you, the soundtrack for this game is great. Okay, I've been no, jumping all over the roster. Uh, and, like, you know, every character I choose usually has something that I dig about them, which is, like, a big compliment for me in this game because usually I'm the kind of person that, like, I use one character and I just roll with them, right? I try to match that character and I don't look anywhere else. Um, I feel really good about exploring the roster uh, in this game. And, like, the fighting just feels real easy, real nice, and it's real. Uh, playing it last week with Mike, Khalif Adams, and the community, like, 
it was one of those ones where I felt like at any moment anybody could come in and hold their own and feel like they're playing in a competent way that doesn't make the game feel impenetrable. Like it's not a super hardcore fighting game, or at least like at this moment that, that is coming out, it doesn't feel that way. Maybe it evolves into that, but I've been really enjoy enjoying it. And if I were to put it on the kind of funny scale, it would be like, I would call it a great, oh. it's a great game. Mm. A four out of five. There you go. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, there you go. That's your episode of PS. I love you. XOXO for the week. Of course, we're not done. We're going to do a Patreon post show on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Uh, if you're watching live, that means you can get that later on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Of course, you can get it on demand along with every other post show we've done for 107 weeks. I uh, remember, of course, uh, after we're done with the post show, I'm popping back here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games to play destiny 2 witch queen with the one the only the master of hype Snowbike mike you can get that later on youtube.com slash kind of funny plays but this has been ps i love you xoxo remember we're your playstation podcast each and every week usually on a tuesday it's on a tuesday now but you know usually tuesday morning we show up to nerd out about all the things uh, going on in the playstation world that we love hate and everything under the playstation sun if you like that of course patreon.com slash kind of funny games or write in to be part of the show watch us record the show live get it with the post show get it ad free if you have no bucks tossed our way it's no big deal youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com and podcast services around the globe each and every week if you want to go the extra miles to support us of course you can go on the epic game store and use the creator code kind of funny if you're playing on playstation like a good little boy girl or person you of course can use kind of funny in games like rocket league you can use it in fall guys you can use it in the big one i'm missing fortnite there it is i knew it was there it was nebulous i just couldn't get to it you know what i mean yep. if you want to go the extra 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 mile you can support the one the only the game playing marathon training janet garcia janet where should people go to keep up with you um, at Game Onsys, that's Game O N Y S U S on Twitter, Twitch, like YouTube, pretty much everything. All right, blessing, Janet. Happy birthday to the PlayStation Vita. Yeah. Happy birthday. Still not hot, but it's fine. I thought you were holding up your drinks. Hold on, sorry. There it is. Until next time, it's been a pleasure to serve you.